Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Episode 239 of Slam Fire Radio. Today's January 11th, 2018. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel, the hunting gear guy, Michaud. And I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly. And I'm another one of your hosts, Brian. <laughs> and I am Trevor the Falate. So he did a nickname. I did follow. These, I know, these right? Guys, they just they don't know. know how to do I know. I got yep. you, man. I got you. Do you want to start over, or do we just roll with it? No, just, no. Just roll you with know, it. You, had, just, you had your chance. It's just a testament to our to our failure now. Yep. Mm. Another one. Another one. <laughs> well, why start getting it right now? <laughs> I like consistency. We're consistent. I'm new, okay? I'm allowed to, to do it wrong. I'm new. And, uh, yeah. To be expected. Yeah. All right, uh, what we did with guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Uh, right now they have the Swiss Arms Classic Green Rifles back in stock. Uh, they're 5.56 rifle with diopter sights. They're non-restricted. They ship in a hard case with cleaning kit, one magazine, and a manual. Uh, they're going for thirty nine ninety nine, and I think I have seen some magazines. <laughs> yeah, packs. right. Thirty nine ninety nine. I want to say three, that price three thousand. <laughs> I said it right, just without the pennies. Uh, <laughs> three thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think I've seen some magazine packs rolling around for these things too that were pretty uh, reasonable. So uh, you can get a bunch of mags for these things as well. Um. Brian, did you want to start with what you did in guns this week? I can. Okay, so that order of a couple thousand rounds of American Eagle showed up, and I've got it all taken out of the boxes, put on clips, and thrown in ammo cans, so it's all in storage. And then I've got, I cut all the little UPC symbols off each of the boxes, and mailed it all off to Federal so they can give me my $100 rebate. I'm curious to find out if the rebate is in American dollars or not. Hmm. It is, isn't it? Uh, well, the one time I got one back came U.S. dollars. Adriel yeah. was just saying all the rebates he was getting from his rifles were going to be in U.S. dollars. Uh, two of them were, two of them weren't. So the Brownells oh, ones were, uh, no, sorry, the Browning ones were in Canadian. The Savage ones from, oh, what's their parent company there? Um, those ones were in uh, U.S. dollars. And that's the one that I got back. It was yeah. in U.S. dollars. was from a Savage product. There you go. So, um, Brian, yes. let's say it comes back in U.S. pesos. Um, how so, so you get that back, convert it to Canadian dollars, subtract it from what you paid. What will that box of ammo have cost you? Um, uh, if it was, when I did the math in Canadian dollars, the ammo was running me 34 and a half cents a round. That's kind of how I did the math. So it would be somewhat cheaper than that if it comes back in American dollars. That's all I have figured out. So that's it's a- not a direct answer to your question, but it's the best I can do. 
Well, that's pretty good. Um, I think anytime we can get ammo uh, 223 for less than 45 cents a round, it's worth buying. There's a yeah. lot of it. Yeah. There's a lot of it right now. I'm seeing a lot of 223 on sale, a lot of 9mm on sale, a lot of 22 um, really cheap right now as well. Yeah. Yep. So yep. it went like this. Damn, Trump got in. What do we do with all this extra ammo? Ship it to Canada, I guess. We don't need it. We're not buying anymore. Yeah, I think, well, everybody was ramped up because um, yep. it took them so long to get up to production because of the last big scare when the previous president got elected. Yep. Then, yeah, they can't just turn the tap off. You know, they've nope. got stuff they've got to get rid of. They've got to move it. So, yep. Mm-hmm. And their buying scare was over. So, send it to Kinekistan. Yeah. And I, again, buying, just buying components, I can't reload ammo for that cheap for blaster ammo. That's, it's just cheaper than so. Not even factoring in my time, I just I can't buy the components for for that much money. So it just became a no brainer. So yep. and cool. I do like reloading, but eh, not I can that much. Not, I can not find other things to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this is it. So now on that same note, because I like reloading so much, I did go ahead and get the Charge Master uh, last Friday. Right. So I got that set up. Um, it's all. And it, there's a bunch of videos online on on how to set them up so that they um, s- will spill out powder um, faster and with great greater accuracy and without overcharging. So you don't end up having to dump a dump a charge back into the the, the system. You can just throw it right in your case. And accuracy wise, I'm pretty happy with it. It's it's certainly within the realm of accuracy for powder dispensing that I need for five five six. Um, it's it takes about 20 seconds to throw a charge. What's also nice is it's set up to dispense automatically. So I put the pan on and it zeros and starts, starts spitting out powder again. So I don't have to press a little button to say, okay, put powder in now. So it's all good. Um, I'm pretty content with it. Actually, it's, it's going to be uh, a time saver for me when it comes time to loading my longer range ammo. Um, one of the downsides, though, is I realized I needed to clean up my bench to make room for the thing. So that took um, hours of going through stuff and finding space on shelves and looking at, oh, yeah, I put that on that shelf because I might need it someday. And I haven't used it for 10 years. I probably don't need it anymore. Um, in the end, it's a good thing, but it's just a pain in the butt to have to clean everything up. And I threw tons of junk that was just accumulating for you know, since I've been in this house anyway, and probably since I got really into shooting back in the early 2000s. So it was a necessary purge, but um, yeah, there's other things I'd rather do with my time. Now, I do have a few things left over, though, um, that I don't know what to do with. Um, back over my uh, years of collecting rifles and selling rifles, I've got a couple old Weaver scopes a C4 and a B4. So these are fixed four power, like three quarter inch diameter scopes that were on rimfire rifles that I have no idea what to do with. They would probably be good for somebody who's doing like a vintage rebuild. Trevor, have you got any old vintage 22 rifles that would look good with like a really old narrow scope? You know, wouldn't that look great on my 1984 1022? I think it would. In fact, there's one that I have that's in a side mount that was probably on a Savage Rimfire. Hmm. I'll send you a picture. 
Interesting. We will talk. Yes. We can we can make this work for something really reasonable. I just want them to go to a good home. So All right. Bottle yeah. of Jameson's it is. But probably not even that. Yeah. I didn't no. say a big bottle. Fair enough. We can we can work something out. Um <laughs> Let's see, but the only other thing that happened gun-wise is my application to the for uh, the Operational Shooting Association uh, got approved, so now I can go there without having to pay guest fees. Yay, me. So I will start getting at some more organized training and shooting there, and hopefully that will push me along my way to be a better, better pistol and rifle shooter leading up to the Nationals in the fall. So that's it for me. Trevor, did you want to go next? All right. <laughs> trying to coach Brian and how to do it, but uh, thank you, Adriel. I would love to go next. Um, so back to work at my regular job means back to work at my part-time job too. So I worked three nights this week at um, Denise uh, gunsmithing and gun shop business and spent most of my time uh, sorting through and pricing out and cleaning up some, some product that came into the shop. There's a a guy who got out of Ipsic and he brought in his and his son's 10 Foglio limited custom Ipsic pistols. So these are pistols for the standard division. They're chambered in 40 cal and uh, tricked out Ipsic guns. Really nice. Um, I shoot a newer version of that pistol myself. And so two full setups, including range belt, uh, range belts with Ipsic style holsters and mag pouches, um, over 7,000 rounds of 40 caliber ammunition, um, 13 or 14 magazines uh, between the two pistols and the old school magazines, which I need because my new mags don't work so well. So that's really exciting. Um, what else did I do? I got to work on a very old Beretta single shot 28 gauge. He wanted a spring installed for the uh, so that the ejector would work. So while Denise was doing some paperwork, I got that put back together and made a screw for the forend because it was missing and little little stuff like that. Um, we're reassembling some of the guns that we blued before Christmas, and um, that's pretty much the highlights. Um, so if anybody is looking for a full Ipsic setup, like range bag belt like i got i got the range bag all set up with you know you grab the range bag get the range bag the hearing protection the eye protection and a magazine brush out the door 100 bucks and it's a brand new range bag it's incredible condition i don't think they ever actually used it except for to take stuff to the to the shop when they drop the guns off um and then i helped uh, tresca uh, mount a scope on her browning x-bolt so it's a nice 30-06 rifle that she's had for a few years now and never got around to getting a scope put onto it because school or some such craziness got in the way. So she came over and she did all the work. I was like, there's the bench, there's the tools, do this, this, and this. And I stood back and and uh, and she mounted her own scope. So that was kind of awesome. She's uh, not one to not do things herself, you know what I'm saying? She wants to, it's her gun, it's her scope, she'll put it on, thank you very much kind of thing, which is awesome. And, uh, and shout out to her. She's going to be our new club uh, treasurer. So now the executive is like 50-50, half men, half women, which is awesome. We have a couple of really good, strong, active women in our club who are not just uh, standing back asking questions. They are taking leadership roles, which is so awesome. Both of them are 
well, they're way smarter than I am, but that's not saying much. But anyway, um, so it's really cool to have an executive at the gun club, not just made up of old boys, you know what I'm saying? And both the women on the executive are young. Our president is young. Um, yeah, so it's it's pretty exciting time at the Rescue Gun Club. Um, and then I was checking out uh, some Maple Ridge Armory. Uh, well, actually, let me go back to the club meeting. So the club meeting, the club AGM was last night. And I was reelected for another two-year term as vice president. So the way we do it is the president and secretary and CRO are elected on the even years. And the odd years, the president, second vice president, and treasurer are elected. So our treasurer uh, resigned and Tresca was appointed to finish his term and uh, when that term is up then she'll have to be nominated and elected so um but yeah back to maple ridge armory so um for my maccabee defense slr build i am trying to get as many canadian made parts on there as possible and uh the majority of them will be maple ridge armory so i did a little bit of math my three gun rifle brian you love that sti you've handled it you fired it it's not a heavy gun is it not really no and it has an 18-inch barrel, a fairly uh, large comp on there, a 15-inch handguard. When you take the uh, Maple Ridge Armory barrel, which is 18.6 inches long, and you combine it with the Maple Ridge Armory 15-inch handguard, the whole, that upper ends up being, or that just barrel and handguard combination, ends up being more than a pound lighter than what I have on my three-gun rifle now. When you take, when you're shaving a pound hmm. off of the barrel and the handguard, and you're actually getting more barrel. I don't know about you guys, but is isn't that pretty significant? Mm-hmm. So this thing, that's, man, a, that's a big positive. Well done. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm like, hmm. I need a skeletonized grip, and I need a lightweight stock, and maybe one of those fluted uh, buffer tubes. And now I'm kind of thinking uh, to try and make this a, as lightweight a build as possible. Uh, I'll use my loophole scope instead of my um, uh, Bushnell scope that I got from Adriel. That's the scope that I was going to put on there, but the, the Bushnell is so, or the uh, loophole scope is so light that uh, at one to four, it'll be good for hunting and for three guns. So this may end up becoming my three gun rifle, and I may do something different with that AR. I may hmm. uh, get rid of that. Uh, AR three gun upper and get a Daniel Defense like 16 inch upper to put on that gun and make my three gun rifle that I have now kind of a duty rifle and make my non restricted SLR my hunting and three gun. I don't know, the possibilities are endless. There's no there's no way I'm not going to have multiple uppers for that um, SLR. I always said I like the idea of 300 blackout, but I like it as a hunting cartridge for slightly larger game like deer or bear. I'm not going to shoot planking, so I had no use for the 300 blackout cartridge. But if I could build a 300 blackout upper for my SLR, uh, why wouldn't I, right? So, yeah, I may just get out of the AR game altogether and get multiple, multiple upper. Ah, I will never get out of the AR game. I'll always have an AR. Yeah, Sorry. I was about I, I'd like to, to apologize yeah. for yeah, saying that. Stop, because <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah. I, I, I have heard that if you don't have an AR, you're wrong. Something falls you, off. You, oh, you, there's you that. Yourself. You're right. Yeah. You're so, right. <laughs> careful. Don't don't break yourself. You're fixed now. Don't break yourself. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm fixed. Let's just say I'm not, well, you know, I'm not, not as broken as I used to be, maybe, I guess. 
Yeah. Anyway, and then as we were doing the interview, which the listeners are sure to enjoy coming up shortly, um, Christina came upstairs and handed me a box full of wood, but not just any wood. It is my Wingmaster furniture. So uh, for those listeners that have been following for the last couple of months, I bought a Wingmaster receiver and a Remington 870 barrel from Adriel to start a Wingmaster project. And I came across a smoking deal. Well, a smoking deal. I came across a what looked to be a mint unused set of Woodmaster furniture on eBay. And I opened the box and boy, I am not disappointed. As far as I could tell, this Wingmaster furniture was taken off of the shotgun and never used. Something else was put on in its place because there's not a scratch, there's not a ding. Even where the stock would attach to the uh, receiver and the pump would go into the uh, sleeve, not the sleeve, but the tube that uh, the handguard fits on, there's, not, there's, there's nothing. It looks completely unused. So, man, am I ever excited to get this Wingmaster finished up and put together because now that I have such a really nice set of wood to put on it, mm, I still can't bring myself to buy an actual Wingmaster barrel, though. Uh, you're talking 300 bucks. So what I paid Adriel for the receiver, what I paid for this wood, if I turn around and buy an actual Wingmaster barrel, I could have bought a Wingmaster. So, Do you want a Wingmaster barrel that's fixed? Full? Yes. So full choke, 28-inch barrel, two and three-quarter. Oh, my. Sure. Wingmaster. You want Yeah. Okay, I'll send you some pictures afterwards. Oh. I'm, I'm looking at one right now. Where did that come from? We'll it's talk later. Sitting in my closet. Was it sitting in your closet when I was there? Uh, Yeah, I think so. How come I didn't grab it? I don't know. I grabbed the other one instead. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll just send you back the other one then. I don't want it. Why do you want a fixed full choke? I'm making a, I'm making a classic uh, Wingmaster shotgun. I don't need to have, you know, I mean, this is... Might just always stay in the wall, Brian. I just want to, you know, I want all I want all uh, Wingmaster labeled parts. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it was more. I can understand having a Wingmaster barrel, but why a fixed full choke as a fix as opposed to improved cylinder or modified? Because that's what he has. So it's going to get me started with an actual legitimate Wingmaster barrel, and then we'll go from there. Fair enough. And Thank and you. it's only chambered in two and three quarter. So, because otherwise, I take the barrel I have now, which is probably an express barrel, which has that dull parkerized finish, and I have to polish the life out of it so that when it's hot blued, it has that deep mirror shine finish to it, right? The amount of work that's required to do that, I'd rather do that to this barrel than try and uh, turn an express barrel into a wingmaster barrel. Oh yeah, no, no, I can, I can understand that. It was, it was really more the choke choice that I was. Oh yeah, I'm not crazy about the choke choice either, but I don't know, okay. whatever. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. It's fine. Yeah, the uh, finish on this thing looks good. Full, twelve gauge, two and three quarter, or shorter. You can go shorter if you want to. Yay. And the finish <laughs> on it looks pretty good. So just a light buffing on the buffing wheel, and then a rebluing, and it'll look minty. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking for like any rust spots or any dings or anything like that, and I'm not seeing. If there's much. no, if there's no pitting no. at all, then I'll just drop it in the tank as is. I'm not seeing any. Like personally, I would I would buff it just because if if I'm going to reblue something, I might as well do okay. it. There's there's some wear at the muzzle, but I could but go like, straight to the 540 compound, crazy. the really bright stuff. 
Yeah, I think you could. Yeah. Nice. Cool. You should have got that one to start with. Yeah, well, you didn't tell me it was there. All right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I forgive you, Adriel, right. and I'll let you give it to me to make up for your mistake. <laughs> what did you do this week in guns, Adriel? See how that works, Brian? When you're done, you just go to the next guy in the notes. <laughs> Go ahead. Do you, see, do you see the? Do you Shh, see my middle finger? It's Adriel's turn, Brian. Here or what? Brian, it's Adriel's turn. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I did my uh, Type eighty one review. Uh, you guys saw that, right? I put yep. photos and video and all that kind yep. of stuff. Yeah. Disappointing. Uh, some parts, yeah. So, so like the the finish uh, in parts, yeah. But uh, the functionality was excellent. Um, the reliability was fine and uh the pie plate accuracy uh yeah pie plate accuracy i mean the sites are are made to be pie plate accurate it's not like that mm-hmm. they've got like a it's not like a fine target site or anything like that on here it's a it's a short site radius which is fast but uh you're you're not going to get like terrific 100 meter accuracy out of it either do you think that if there was a provision to put a red dot or even an optic on there that it would improve the accuracy, and if so, by how much? I don't know. Like I know, I like with that sight radius, I feel like I I'm holding it up because uh, I can't shoot it more accurately with uh, with a sight radius and sights like that. Uh, if it had a longer sight radius, like a Grand or an M14 or something like that, where they've got quite long ones, or if it was running a, a scope or a magnified optic of some kind, um, I, I could probably like my part would be a lot better. So it's kind of hard to say, right? So you add my random variable. I'm probably adding, uh, you know, uh, another two to three. Uh, uh, let's say two MOA. Let's say I'm adding two MOA because I can't aim accurately enough. Um, how accurate's the rifle? I have no idea. That's what I'd like to know. I'd like to know the potential of it. Yeah. Just for my own curiosity. Um, the other complaint I have is we're being gouged. It's not worth a thousand bucks. Is the VZ fifty eight worth fourteen hundred? Nope, nope. And no. they went, they went up when this sucker came in. And I get it. It's like, hey, if people are gonna pay a thousand for that, they'll pay fourteen for this. When I bought my first VZ fifty eight, after tax, shipping, and the additional uh, hundred dollar magazine conversion kit, I only paid thirteen to my door. Well, I mean, rewind about seven years, and you can get the eight five eights for six fifty. Six fifty. Four That's mags right. in a pouch. Yeah. Yep. And I did that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, times change. That's uh, that's the market right now. It's open to anyone to bring in a different rifle that will be more like more price competitive. But that's that's where the market is right now, right? So you're going to take the logical high road, huh? <laughs> you do that i'll complain honestly like i i would be much happier to spend some money on a stock for an sks and get the ergonomic benefits of having a pistol crib stock and rock the sks for a lot less money truth maybe you wouldn't yep. get like you like get i think AK there's mags. somebody who makes get, uh, well yeah you don't want ak mags there's other mags available yeah. yeah, I don't really. Yeah, having having a five round mag, it's a five round mag. As long as it feeds, that's all that matters to me. Um, yeah. You know, you can put an and there's there's a there's a company in Canada, I think, that makes a chassis or something for the SKS, there, and, and they have like an optics rail where you can mount a scope on it and do all that stuff. So, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be scope mounts that'll eventually come out for this. 
uh, you know, there'll, there'll be a, 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 a market in the aftermarket for this and, and that'll start making the rifle more viable to me, but yeah, whatever. It's, right. it's, and, it's and, hard on the, on the seven, six, two by 39s. I still feel like you need something that strips down and cleans because corrosive ammo is so, so much cheaper. Um, mm-hmm. if, if we had really cheap non-corrosive stuff, I would say yes. Get the one. Get the one with the optics rail. You don't need to break into it every like very often and clean it out. But with corrosive ammo, you need to be able to crack that thing open quickly and clean it because mm-hmm. otherwise you won't do it. Uh, so the, yeah, the SKS is a great one. The Mosin's great for that. This thing's pretty easy to break down and clean right now. The whole gas system's chrome lined. The barrels chrome lined. I know some of the VZ58s came with chrome lined barrels and some of them didn't. Um, you know, so which in in which case you either have to be real quick with cleaning, or you have to just run non corrosive with it, right? So, mm. um, well, it it really depends on what you want to do with it. Do you want to just like bang it around and shoot incredibly cheap ammo with it and plink rocks and that kind of thing, uh, or do you want to have something that's a little bit more accurate, that's got optics on it, that's shooting non corrosive ammo? I think it's two different animals. It, it, yes, it what but, okay what what's the price on per round for 762 by 39 now you could get a crate of 1500 online right now for 400 bucks mm, oh i okay. think you can do better than that uh, really uh, yeah 1500 not 1240 uh, 1500 1500 no that sounds about right the, the last time i looked right around 26 cents to 30 cents around Okay. But so what I yeah. and I know you're talking about having to clean right away, but if you keep a bottle of Windex that has ammonia in it with you in your range bag, you spray the rifle down, wipe off the outside, throw it in the case, take it home, and then you've got more time. And then I mean that's all I ever did was clean mine with Windex and then maybe a little bit of hoppies and then gun oil once I got home. But and with the new um quick removable pin for the Matador Arms rail. You don't even have to get in there with Allen keys anymore. You just pull the pin and up comes your, your scope yeah. rail. Yeah. And so, you, you have to, like, that's a necessity on something like this. With regards to the Windex, yeah, I mean, Windex will dissolve the salts, but then where are they going? If if you're just spraying oh, right. it in there, you, you have to you have to clean it too, right? Even even with yeah. the Windex. So it's, uh, I don't Gets know, I guess home, it's... Anyway. Yeah, it's a philosophy on, on what you want to do with it. If, you, if you're if you using it as like a bang around, shooting in the countryside and gravel pits and that kind of thing, the corrosive ammo with the uh, non-optics rail is the way to go right now. If there was a rifle in market that had an optics rail and you could take it down and you could get in there and, and clean up the gas system and that kind of thing, I think that would be a different story. Yeah, we also need Canada Ammo to have Dominion produce a, another run of non-corrosive 7.62 by 39 two years ago we were buying it by the case get it left for like 250 bucks free shipping to our door and you had a choice between jacketed hollow point lead core or full metal jacket lead mm-hmm. core mm-hmm. yeah i still have some of that stuff kicking around same same here it's all i'll shoot mine i'm not gonna mess with corrosive uh, uh i i shoot cro- like it depends which rifle if it's a rifle that's easy to clean down and and uh, tear down and clean I'll shoot corrosive if it's, uh, uh, you know, like the ex- I guess the example would be that uh, CZ958. Uh, that one had the optics rail on top. It used Allen keys to get into it. I would shoot non-corrosive in a rifle like that. Yeah, SVT40 non-corrosive, Mosin corrosive. Yeah, yeah, that SVT is a pain to get. <laughs> I guess I I'm at the point where I don't want to have to 
worry about cleaning my rifle when I get home. Period. Same here, Brian. So I'm just not. Yep. Yeah. I, so that's you, know. uh, you guys. You guys, and I'm 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 kind of in the same boat. You guys are in a in a place where. You guys have lots of choice in guns. You don't have to shoot. The, you don't really have to shoot that cheap ammo. You could shoot more expensive ammo. Yeah. Um, and you're probably not like out in the countryside shooting rocks, right? Not often. <laughs> not often <laughs> you know? enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're typically yeah. No, it's it's range. not. That's yeah. That's yeah. not the type of shooting I do. So you're right. I I mean, and and it's not to say that shooting rocks in a gravel pit isn't valid. It's, it's, it's all good. It's just not what I like to do. So for me, you know, dealing with super cheap ammo and, um, red rifles is not a big deal. Not, not on my list of fun things to do. So yeah, used to be a big Mm. deal for me. So I I can remember it, but it's, it's not really what I do these days. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, anyways, I did the, uh, the type 81 review. Um, I did the pimp, my Keltec video and article <laughs> boy. And you, did you ever, <laughs> I, I actually watched that video and read the article. That was well done. Oh, thank wow. you. I did. It's not very often. I do that. Adriel. I'm not going to lie. It's it's, I don't. Yeah, no, you did a good job of that. Well, I'll tell you what, Adriel, I didn't read the article, but I did watch the video, and your video and review um, has changed my opinion, and I would actually give the Sub-2000 another go. Um, they made all the right changes, in my opinion, and the, and the one I like the most is the improvement on the front sight and how they located it to the end of the Canadian barrel. The Gen 1, they left the sight where it always was because it was part of how the gun locked up. So when mm-hmm. we had the Canadian version, you had four inches of barrel sticking out in front of the sight. It looked lame and looked even lamer when folded. So Yeah, yeah, they, that was a good change. The forend was a good change. Um, there's a couple of, of really nice changes they put into that Gen 2. Uh, and then the, uh, the addition of the uh, M-Carbo uh, parts on there really helped. The, uh, the charging handle, the, the original ones is kind of thin, and that, that Macarbo one's like really thick and easy to grab onto. Uh, the, tr- the trigger pull, of course, the um, factory Keltec, I was getting right around nine pounds on the, on the trigger scale. And then afterwards, I got like five and a quarter. So that's, I can, I can run a trigger like that all day long. Um, yeah, just a, a couple of small things to it, and it's ready to rock and roll. Um, and I just, I, I really like how. That thing folds down. It's so convenient. <laughs> it's so fast, too. Now, uh, Adriel, you know, I say I watched it, but I seem to think that I got cut off and didn't finish it. Does, is, does the handguard rotate so if you put a, an optic on top, you can still fold it up? Or No. no uh, okay. It, it doesn't. Um, Brownells. options now. Yeah, but Brownells yeah. makes one that is uh, that mounts to the M-lock sides of it and then rotates so it's got right. like a it's got a locating V block on this on this optic okay. rail, yeah. and then and then you can rotate it over top the uh, over top the barrel. Okay, yeah, because this this would be the type of rifle I actually would want to put a little red dot on, and then have the ability to fold it up just because. Yeah, I, I like the I like I don't mind the irons. I I don't mind a peep sight, um, and 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 for what you do with something like this, backpack around with it, and maybe like take a couple plinking shots with it. I really like it. I really like the iron sights on this. And Brian, that's what I, I liked about mine, and that's how I had mine set up. I had a red dot on it with yep. a handguard that folded, and I had one of those aluminum camera cases. So it had a lock on it, right? It was aluminum, and I had the foam all plucked out to fit 
my my sub 2000 folded up with an optic my glock 17 and both running glock mags plus at the time i had two of those 33 two or i may have even had four of the 33 round mags pinned to 10 all inside that case so you opened up that case and there was the pistol the folded up carbine the stick mags a couple of the regular mags. It it was a badass looking case. It really was. I, I really liked your sub two thousand. I the, I was impressed. Yeah, and I and I very quickly fell in love with it. So if you liked it, I really think you would enjoy the new one. Mm-hmm. Dang it! There's not a lot that's that like even even though we pay a lot more in Canada than they, than they do in the U.S., it's still pretty cheap compared to the alternatives. Yeah, what I still what are have they running now of, in Canada? They're like eight, aren't they? Seven or eight hundred bucks. Now yeah, go, go I, used, I, and they're they're cheaper, right? I still yeah. have concerns, though, Adriel, about um, long term reliability. Like I, I you know, I, I put a couple of thousand rounds through mine, and parts were falling off. Has the quality of the parts improved? And then you, I mean, is this the one that you got that had the receiver blown out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So Same when you one. when you rep- when you repaired that thing. You got into that mess of pins and springs, and didn't you find that disassembly and reassembly was much like disassembling and reassembling a Nerf gun or a toy gun when you were a kid? So I, uh, a, a similar rifle would be the Blaze. The Blaze uses the clamshell plastic design as well. The Blaze feels like a water gun. This doesn't, yep. like the plastic at least is thicker. It's it's heavier duty. Um, with but, this, but the assembly is the same. The clamshell thing—it just, eh. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it's a little bit fun getting it all back together too, right? Um, oh yeah, uh, putting it all back in. But uh, the upgrade kit uses uh, steel pins uh, on the inside so that you're not screwing into aluminum and you won't strip it out. Um, you're not screwing into plastic. That Blaze uh, rifle, you are screwing into plastic yeah. from one side. That's cheap, and that's like a water gun. At least with this one, you're screwing like you're screwing steel screws into now steel pins inside the receiver, and uh, it's just clamping the plastic together. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't give the water gun feel as much as the uh, Blaze does. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, mm. uh, it's it is uh, it is a cheaper. PCC than uh, than some of the other ones out there. A lot more plastic, um, and yeah, that plastic is you know right next to your face. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah. What, what sure would push is. it over? Push me over the edge is if they come up with a version that's that fits uh, Sig mags, but I, I can't imagine them doing that because Glock mags are pretty much the ubiquitous. No, they, they do have they, a Sig mag. Yeah, they they come in a couple. Now they might not have any in Canada, but. Uh, they have. That, nope, I didn't hear any of that. Not a, nope, you guys broke up. I did not hear that. I, nope. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So I, I, I got that. I got the Type 81. I got the, the uh, Caltech Sub 2000 done. And then I went to update. I've got this article with like, uh, you know, fun non restricted rifles in Canada that you can get in Canada. And I was like, man, I got a lot of PCCs on here. I should just do an article on PCCs that you can do in Canada. So I, I wrote that article as well, just because I've reviewed like, I don't know, four or five of them. And uh, there's, I've, I only found, I think, nine non-restricted PCCs in, that you can get in Canada. So there's not really a lot of them either. Well, I don't know, really? Nine? Nine non-restricted pistol, carb, pistol caliber carbines? No, I mean, there's, there's some other, there's some like older ones that aren't uh, available anymore that I, did, I didn't include. I try to only okay. include stuff that's like factory available these days. 
Uh, yeah. And I didn't, I, I didn't include any lever action cowboy guns either. This was just semi-auto uh, PCCs. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. No, that's some good stuff. I mean, we, 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 get some, uh, we get some good selection up here. And uh, most of them don't really compete with each other. They're, they're, they're a really unique take on, on the idea of a PCC. And, uh, and they've got some you know, distance between each other. So kind of interesting to, uh, to compare them all and um, you know, just consider what's out there and what price points there are and all that kind of thing. Uh, I got a sight pusher. Uh, so this is like a universal sight pusher. It moves your rear sight on a pistol for uh, pistols whose rear sight is quite tight in the dovetail. And uh, it's kind of neat. It was 63 bucks, and it feels kind of chintzy, Chineseium kind of thing. But uh, I tried it, and it works. <laughs> so who cares? <laughs> okay. Now, now, the one you got, that's just for the rear sight, or does it also work for the front? It would it would work fine for the front. Okay, cool. Yeah, Adriel's or not Adriel. Denise got one too that goes in the and you lock into the vice, and there's shims you put on the slide, and you can do uh, rear or front blade. It's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you saw the the pictures I sent over on Vox. I did, but uh, I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's how it has. Yours has Chinesium written all over it. It almost looks plastic. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's it's the main body. I think is aluminum. Um, but the, just the feel with the pins and the uh, screws on it are are quite uh, not Chinese machined you. well. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but uh, it, it worked just fine. And uh, I don't know, like how many times you can actually use one of these things. I, the, the reason I got this, I was looking at uh, Glock sight pushers because I, I wanted to adjust mine and not like beat the heck out of it with a brass punch and a, and a hammer. Um, Could have mailed you mine. Okay, well, it's thirty bucks every time you mail something like that, right? Fair, um, fair, yeah. And this was sixty. Like, so the Glock, the Glock one is like a hundred. There you go, being logical again. Yeah, <laughs> well, you could have traded in the sight pusher for the barrel. So mm. true. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I would have wanted it back. Anyways, I got a sight pusher. Um, it seems to work. I will uh, continue to use it. I might bring it out. Actually, I'm thinking of doing like a beginner's thing for three gun just to get some of the new guys out and show them how to reload shotgun, that kind of thing. So I might have them bring out their slides if they've tried installing their sights themselves and they need to do like fine tuning adjustments to it. Um, what was that? I was just going to say, always make sure that you check the direction of the dovetail because as you probably yep. know, but they may not, some dovetails are unidirectional. Yep. Um, I put in an article on the bullseye FT site. This is a, um, rear sight only that replaces your rear sight and your front sight uh, uses uh, it's got fiber optic and tritium in it so it can be a daytime sight or a nighttime sight and uh, it's kind of neat it does like a little circle thing has a dot on it and uh, you have to that's that's your replacement for your sight um, did you guys super th- fast easy to acquire uh, super fast no I would not <laughs> say it's uh, no. I would not say it's as fast as well it's it's visually uh, distracting right when uh, when you look at a competition pistol they'll have like the fiber optic front blacked out rear you look for the fiber front and you put that on target and you you know um, in your periphery you line up the rear sights and you go right um, this one you have to focus on just the rear sight. And so you're, you're, but the nice thing is you get the rear sight and the, the, I'm using bunny ears here, front sight, both in focus at the same time. Um, the downside is you're staring at your rear sight the whole time 
And uh, just because they're both green, it's kind of like visually uh, distracting, right? But kind of neat. And um, I think new shooters might get that um, faster than they get the the other two. Um, You know, just a a blade and a a regular iron sight, right? I had had some guys. I I had some guys from work out at the range the other uh, the other month, and one of them was shooting substantially high, and I could not fix it. I like drew out what they should be seeing. I um, did all these things. I did the thing where like I pulled the trigger for them, and they still hit high. So I don't know what they were seeing in terms of a sight picture. They could not figure out the sights. And I think something like this would be easier because it's just a dot in a circle. Yeah, so that person's not invited to attend the Frelacci class we're going to talk about in a minute. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm confused about how you can align anything with all f- with your your center sight, which should be your front sight, is at the back along with your rear sight. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to align left or right or up or down. I'm confused. Did you check out the article? I've got like and a you're the on there. Now. No, no, I'm just looking at it. I go, to the, it on, on go, to my, okay. go to the article on it because right. I've got a GIF yeah, that shows that. Uh, the little dot moving around. It actually like it, – it kind of feels like a red dot sight in a little rear sight, I guess. Um, anyways, I, I go check out the article if you want to learn more about that. It's interesting. I don't know if it's worth spending you know, five or ten minutes talking about. But it is you know, kind of neat and, and extremely unique. There's, I, I don't know of a lot of sites that are like that. Um, I, I, I put a bunch of time working into um, some of the rules on our three gun league. I was talking with you guys about it. it's very similar to um, three gun nation, very very similar to three gun nation, um, and we're just working on finalizing that. And then I set out some rules for our two gun historical shoot, and I was kind of um, I was kind of curious about getting your guys' feedback on this. So, uh, idea here's here's the primary goal. I want to get uh, a really approachable shooting event. At my cl- at my uh, range, that people can go and shoot something that's super approachable. Um, uh, secondary goal, you know, get if people can have an opportunity to shoot some of their mil- old mill serps because uh, my club is technically like historical arms, and I think most people have like an SKS or a Mosin or something like that hanging around in their closet and or in their safe or whatnot um, that they don't take out and shoot competitively. Um, so what do you th- what do you think of a, a scoring where you start with uh, no your, scoring, no scoring, no scoring? You want to get new people to the range to just to shoot guns recreationally. You want it approachable and you want it open to everybody. No scoring. Oh, you're no fun. I want to do scoring. <laughs> hey, well, okay, I'll I'll, right. I'll I'll tell you what what scoring I want to do. I I want something that encourages people to take out their old stuff. So uh-huh. take the uh, take your rifle and pistol. Combine uh-huh. their okay. Years. So these aren't new people then. New people don't have rifles and pistols. New people have Kuis and and Bubba Enfields. Bubba Enfields, yes. Uh, maybe a Nork forty five. Maybe uh, okay. So go ahead with scoring then. Shot. I thought you yeah. wanted like the public or the guy who's had a gun but never used it kind of thing. Okay. No, I'm All trying right. to like, I, I know in my range, there's a ton of guys who have a pistol or uh SKS or both actually. Uh, very so often. it's sorry. I misunderstood then it's an event for the members of your gun club. Yeah. Primarily. Okay. All primarily, right, cool. you know, if, yep. if there's some people in the outer area who aren't a member of the club, I guess they can see what the club's all about too. Yep. Um, cool. 
So scoring. Scoring. Uh, I'm going to do combined age of your guns, and I'm going off the design date. So it'll be. <laughs> it's like a retirement index. Yeah. Your age plus your years of service equals your handicap. Points. Points to start <laughs> with. Yes. Exactly. So you would take uh, the the design of whatever rifle and pistol you have. That would uh, add up to your years out of date, and then you would. For any given stage, no, I'll have to run. Sh- I'm, I'm, these are all going to be short stages because it's supposed to be approachable and easy to shoot. Um, yeah, take you your the easy to shoot part, but I don't know about approachable if you if you're introducing a scoring method that involves computation. Well, they, they like the competitors don't have to compute this. I they know, just they just but... have to bring an old rifle and an old pistol and and shoot it right. Okay. Um, so take take your combined years out of date, minus off your time uh, with penalties for the stage, and boom, there's your score for the stage. Highest score wins. Easy, right? What? So what if I bring like the oldest, most accurate gun that I have or something? Well, fantastic. It's Are you going to shoot it fast to, too? It's not fair to somebody else. Well, I am. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, what like, like what I'm trying to do is make it so that people want to bring out their older stuff. And don't yep. just go for something that's as close to the cutoff date as possible, right? Hmm. So uh. you could bring out your Mosin, but which is like the design is quite a bit older than the SKS. But are you going to be able to make up that? Like, are you going to um, stay t- uh, close enough in time to the other guy? I I still um, think that uh, having put on events at my club, uh, experienced some of this stuff. I think if you want to have a surplus shoot, have a surplus shoot and just make it completely recreational and don't introduce an aspect of competition to it. And then if you get a good enough turnout, maybe propose the idea to these folks. So next time guys, how would you like to kind of make this competition with these style of guns? Mm-hmm. The, as soon as you have competition thrown in the works, you're immediately going to lose like half your people who would have potentially otherwise come. They want to go. They want to uh, the camaraderie. They want to meet people. They want to socialize. They want to see other guns. They want an opportunity to shoot their gun. But not every. Believe it or not, for some people, and I know you're going to find this shocking, for some people, not everything is a contest. Yeah, I can. You know, um, a lot of our first time shooters, uh, when they come out, they say like, ah, "I don't really care about my score. I'm just here to um, try it, have fun, see how it goes, uh, see what mm-hmm. it's all about." Um, so I think like I, I could appreciate that there are some people who would be like, oh, it's a competition. I'm out. Um, but I think a lot of people would say, oh, it's a competition. Well, I mean, I'm just gonna, you know, I, I really want to try my, uh, my old 45 or I really yeah. want to try my high point and, uh, and, and see how it does. Right. So I think, right. so I, yeah, you'll, you'll still get a lot of people, but you get more people if you take the competition aspect out of it. Cause you won't lose those people that would, that are bowing out because of the competition. You follow me? Yeah. I don't know if it'll be a problem or not. I might, like, I think I'm going to cap out pretty quick. Uh, but uh, then I'll find out. This is, like, cool. this is the first time doing something like this. And I um, I kind of want to do, like, I, I don't want to, like, iterate on it. I want to try to do it, like, really well the first time and then iterate next year kind of thing. I, I don't want to do, like, more than one per year because um, it's, it's fairly different than our normal three-gun match. And uh, I'm trying to put rules in that will make it more approachable. So the rifle targets, cardboard only. And that's so that if you're running a, a, a Milserp rifle and all you have is corrosive steel core uh, ammo, you can still run it. You can punch cardboard with that. 
You can't shoot steel with it, but I won't have any steel targets for those guys, right? Not for their rifle, at least. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Kelly, what about you? What's been up? Uh, not much. Last Saturday, I went to SFRC again because it's Saturday, and that's what I do. Um, got a chance to talk with Marcy and Ryan a bit of a few things. And also, well, we dropped in to actually speak to Dave because of the fact that uh, we were getting some parts replaced on a rifle. But uh, I got a chance to check out Cat... No. Some, uh, some of the new stuff that they got into stock. Uh, but uh, I took some pictures. Trevor, you were talking about the fact that you were looking at a Darrier Mark uh, or MK12, right? Yes. So I sent you some pictures. What did you think of that? Sexy. Yeah, nice. Eh? That's the, so they have a new, uh, it's a muddled uh, red, and yep. it's the Canadian, it's just made for Canada. So it has a Canadian flag on it as well. So the difference between the MK12 and, or, and the 10 which is the earlier version is that they so aluminum. it's well it's still aluminum it's painted it's no they but, uh, mark 10 is plastic the mark 12 is aluminum i they thought receive. it was no. i thought it was aluminum as well Not the, I 10. the 10's all plastic is it mm-hmm. oh okay i'll have to check it out again there's one but, on the wall at denise one of the big differences is the um because of the fact that the air platform is they've removed the paddle to release your bolt. So I didn't like that at all. You could almost lose your thumb or break your thumb if you were trying to, to release the bolt that way. So, um, but yeah, I liked it. I sent you guys some pictures and that too, but I haven't really done much in, in guns at all in the last little week. I've been doing, spending most of my time almost every evening working on stuff for, for Project Maple Seed. So uh one reminder is that if you do have a calendar, have you guys all registered your calendars, by the way? No. No? Go ahead and register it because what? How do you register you, a calendar? Yeah, so I'm the, confused. Okay. It's only been, t- oh, you guys suck. Ugh. It's only been explained a dozen times by her. The months are sponsored. There's prizes. You go on the website. Yeah. You register it. They draw your number. You win a prize. Really? Are you even on this show? Wow, this is a registration number on the back of my calendar. Cool. Look at that, eh? Ain't that something? <laughs> Did I ever look at the back of the calendar? No. no. I stopped at December 2018. <laughs> That's the problem right there. <laughs> so there's also instructions on the inside, but if you go to the back, there's a number on the back, and there's a website you go to there, and you type in your reg- the number that is on the calendar. And then for the next year, there'll be prizes that are drawn every two weeks. So the first one starts in a couple of days. So go there, register your calendar, and you might win stuff. So oh, I'm yeah. perfectly glad I showed up because I learned something. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it for me. Um, did you notice the price on that uh, red Mark 12? Mm, yeah. Uh, can't remember off the top of my head, though. Hmm. hmm. And I deleted the photo. Okay. Let me look. No worries. I'm pretty I sure think- that they're a couple of hundred bucks more than the regular black one. Yeah, I think they're 13. But yeah. if you give me a second, I'll go and look for it. All right. All right. How are how are those holding up? Like, Adriel, are you running into those at 3-Gun and stuff? Uh, Darius? The Mark 10. There's actually one of the guys who runs open who shoots a, a Mark 10, and then uh, he's just upgraded to a Mark 12 for this year. Um, so I have yet to see the Mark 12. The Mark 10, yeah, he, he ran it, and he, you know, uh, placed pretty well. It, um, especially on for some stages, it was the shotgun to run. 
the ones where it was a dry start or you had to empty your shotgun of this kind of shell and go on to that kind of shell, the uh, mag mm. shotguns are uh, are a big advantage. Mm-hmm. Now, on some stages. What what if it's an unloaded shotgun start? Why should I have to load my magazine tube and him not have to load his mag? Because that's the way the rules are, I guess. There's no rule about that. No, unloaded is unloaded. Everybody's pistol loads the same way with a magazine. Mm-hmm. But if my magazine tube is unloaded, his magazine should be unloaded. Well, like that's that's why the uh, magfed shotgun is a totally different division. Magfed shotguns always open, and uh, yeah, it's, it's that's why tube guys. But if I put an guys. optic on my tube gun, I'm an open. You bet. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can do that, but then if you're going to do that, move to like loading sticks for your shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. It's fourteen or sorry, it's uh, one thousand forty nine dollars for that uh, blurred red. It's called blurred red. Only 49 bucks more. So it's basically the same price as a black one. Yep. Dang. Because I've seen right. some of the red ones before, and they were more, and they weren't that nice. That's cool. Yeah. Is there a price for ones that have a functional mag release paddle hmm. or bolt release paddle? Cause yeah, those are the 10. That would be. Really? So I, I thought I saw some versions out there that had a decent paddle on them and didn't just have that blade. Same here. Yeah, that's the model before it. That's the 10. Really? Yep. Why would they have gotten rid of the blade? With, now, I was talking to the guy that works at SFRC, um, but he said uh, they're saying that it was catching catching on stuff. I'm going, really? Their ARs are exactly the same. Nobody's removing that. So, In fact, we the, have even more catchy things. We have bad yeah, levels on ARs. Exactly. The, the only so. thing I can think of is there may have been having problems with bolts locking back, and they might have thought that the weight of the uh, paddle was messing with that. Because I know... But if the charging handle's on the left side of the Mark 12, who cares if it has a bolt release? You just snap the charging handle, slingshot it. Oh, is the charging handle on the left-hand side? Yep. Oh, yeah. And it who cares? I'm looking at one right now. Hmm. Interesting. So it's either on the left side or reversible. Cool. Yeah, I would want reversible. I'm looking at the distressed red one right now, and it's on the left side. Oh, no, honestly, if I'm going to have something that's that close to an AR, I want all the same AR controls. You want the same stuff, and that's why it's supposed I, to be yeah. AR platform. Let's it's not going to get stuff. a charging handle. So if it doesn't have a charging handle like an AR, it may as well have it on the left side of the receiver like all well, the other guns. No, no, are. but like, I don't use the charging handle in when I do a, when I do a reload from a lock bolt. Fair I enough. I see what you're the, saying. Yep. I use the paddle, so that's what yeah. I want. Yeah. So, all right, oh, fine, I... fine, Daria, you had me, but now I'm not going to buy from you. I'm going to boycott you. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you could actually. Daria's just... calling. They said they don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I was much, I was just wondering if you could, could you probably buy something? Uh, you know, buy a different I, one. I have no it, idea. It? It might. Who knows what the spec is on those? If it's an AR-10 or AR-15 style, who knows? Just put some hot glue and uh, coin on there, and you're good to go. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. braze braze on a penny. Yeah, I'll find an old penny. (laughs) Adriel, little silver solder. You're all set. Send it to DE to get that done. Trevor's a, a gunsmith now, so we could send it to him, and he could braise the penny I'll on. I'll send it to Denny, not to Trevor. No. 
<laughs> Where's the face? Oh my god! Uh, I very I know you. It's not. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Ouch! I I'm not letting you f- loose with my Scotch collection. There's no way. It's just <laughs> especially while gunsmithing. Oh, exactly. Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. Uh, upcoming events. Uh, there are none. Uh, Trevor, did you want to talk about the Ferlacci handgun? You talked about it last week, didn't you? Yeah, but uh, I added something new here this week. So just an update. Um, uh, again, it is happening on the 14th and 15th. Uh, 15 people per day, $200 per day. Uh, some people have started to register. But also, um, there will be a... Uh, where is it? I put it in here. Why isn't it? Is it? Did you? It's in the middle. Slamfire slash CCFR pub night in Edmonton on Friday. July 13th. So forgot to talk about that last week. So while we're in town, we'll have another uh, pub night like we did last year. So stay tuned for more details on that, uh, where we can be found. Cool. Probably it makes sense that we'll be at the same pub we were at last year. Right, Adriel? Yeah, it was, I think it worked well last time. It was like, it's reasonably small. So it was not too loud and, uh, we still fit like a ton of people. We, we mm-hmm. ended up making a, a real weird table shape. <laughs> yeah, we had yeah, so yeah, we people. did. Yeah, but if uh, there's anybody that wants to drive from Lloydminster to Edmonton in a blue Camaro to say hello, that'd be cool, I guess. <laughs> so that's yeah. the only thing to add this week. Yeah, um, yeah, and if anyone has uh, the, the range, I was thinking of using is is uh, actually busy um, during that weekend. So if anyone's got a range, July. 14th and 15th in the Edmonton or even better between Edmonton and Calgary uh, area. That would be fantastic. Please reach out to us. Awesome. All right. News. Um, so I think some of the stuff's coming out of shot show because shot shows January 23rd to 26th, right? I, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Uh, it is. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, uh, uh, that's why I think we're seeing so many new guns coming out, but, um, uh, one of the ones was this, did you guys take a look at this Tika T1X rimfire? Did not. I'm doing it now. Uh, 10 rounds, uh, two to four pound trigger, which should be excellent. And it's 499. So I think this is a, a competitor for Ooh. the CZ455, but very Tika, right? Um, very Tika look to it, uh, synthetic stock, all that jazz, right? Oh man. Yeah, it looks like a Tika T3 light. Yep, except it's in rimfire. It's very interesting. Semi-heavy barrel. Oh, my. I wonder. Well, so long, Savage. Savage Mark II lovers. <laughs> well, the We're Savage sorry. Mark II is still quite a bit cheaper than this one, but this is yeah. more like uh, more premium materials. And uh, if it's anything like Tika, Tika yeah, the bolt is going to be slick as snot, right? Yep. Um, there's also Mossberg's putting their hat in the ring for their, uh, their, with their MVP precision. I think that's like their version of the Ruger precision. It sure is. It's almost a one-to-one copy. Mm-hmm. Last time I saw something this horrible, it was called the night train. <laughs> oh, that thing was amazing. Awful. Yeah. Amazingly awful. <laughs> Uh, Tika's got their, uh, TAC A1. By the way, most of this, uh, most of these guns here, the only place that I could find them was on this accurate shooter, uh, bulletin board. Uh, you can't find the Tika T1X on Tika's website. They do have a filter that says 22 long rifle. 
no guns show up for it right now. So <laughs> their web guys are starting to put some of the things in there, but uh, they don't actually have it on the website just yet. So you have Brian to, or sorry, Adriel. Yeah, you have to go to these rumor mill websites to uh, to find them, or, or fake news websites. Because what I'm looking at right now, I think it might be fake news. Uh, Brian, are you looking at this website? Yes. Teak attack A1 left-handed action? Uh, yeah, sorry, they won't I, sell any I, of those. I, Why even bother offering it? I know. Like, Brian's too cheap to buy a Tika. I, so. I really want to punch both of you in the throat right now. <laughs> because you're left-handed, we get hit. Luckily, self-paused telegraph, we could see it coming from a mile away. <sighs> mm. That made me feel good in my soul. <laughs> I didn't say that I didn't want to punch you with a five five six. I've seen Brian shoot. That's a, that's a credible threat. <laughs> yep. That's, oh, but I'm just kidding. I wouldn't really shoot somebody because right, that I'll would be all stand it. I'll incre- stand it incre- incredibly illegal. Yeah. yeah that, no, that looks kind of neat. Um, it does. And you know what? And six five Creedmoor too. I wouldn't mind shooting. I could shoot a left-handed uh, rifle off the bench all day. Because I just keep my hand on fire control and cycle the cycle the bolt with my left hand. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. No, I like this. Huh. Huh. I'm interested. If cool. only I had more money. Yeah, this, will, again, this will be... The listeners bucks. can't. I mean, we can hold our microphone next to the picture as close as we want. Uh, you want to go ahead and describe this thing, Adriel? It's a Tika in a tactical aluminum chassis. I can picture it in my mind. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You, you should actually, yeah, you should get adjustable stock, writing. pistol grip, left hand bolt. What more do you need? Right? Like, a right awesome. handed bolt. <laughs> a correctly I'm, handed bolt. I'm pretty sure there's already a Tika's with a right hand bolt. Pretty sure that's how that worked. Yeah. All right. Previously. Yeah. So, mm. oh my. Uh, Stayer. Stayer? Steyer? Steyer. Steyer. Steyer, Steyer. Steyer. Yes. has their Steyer. Zephyr two rim fire, uh, rim fire bolt action. Now, uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, another rim fire bolt out there. So interesting. There must be like a market for these accurate uh, precision rim fire firearms. It's almost like there's a sport built around precision rim fire. Ah, no, I don't. I don't Wouldn't believe there's be. such a thing. That's me. No, no. no. <laughs> Oh my! No, oh. gaining oh, in popularity or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's no. hard to say. Hard to say. No. <laughs> uh, anyways, Steyr's got their Zephyr to rimfire bolt again. Uh, qu- quite a bit more expensive, but very nice looking. Uh, and then the uh, Savage on their one ten rifles is going to have an AccuFit stock system. Uh, similar to the Magpul, where you've got adjustable pieces to adjust your length of pull and your cheek rest. I like it. Yes, because then finally you can have a, a cheek, instead of having a stock that's designed for iron sights that the rifle doesn't ship with, yeah. you can actually have a cheek set up to use a scope. Yeah. Perfect. I yeah. like it. And oh, you can yeah, adjust was... for one of the one of the ones where it's like a light cheek or like a mash your face in there and that's how you like it, kind of a cheek weld, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, chipmunk cheeks all around. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Kelly, you're, you're saying? Kelly? Apparently she, No, apparently I don't she think doesn't. she was. Oh, no. okay. Thought no. I thought you were piping up there for a second. Um, the SIG P365. Now, Brian, you said you really wanted these, right? I, I really, I would love a 
pistol that I'm not allowed by the Canadian government to own. That would but be awesome. I could Fantastic. see you wanting this, Brian, because didn't you get the um, the small compact size grip frame and mags for your gun when you carried in the U.S.? I have the compact. I don't have the subcompact. This I actually did a, did a check on this. This is actually smaller than the P320 subcompact. Oh my um, goodness! So this is a yeah, mouse gun. It is a mouse gun. Now, one of the things I did like about it, it, it you if you look at the pictures, the bore, the bore, the height over bore is not as bad as on the 320. They've they've really raised the grip a fair bit. So I think this would probably be much more shootable even than the P320. Would you just say it? It will have a reduction in flip porosity. Just say it once. Free yourself, Brian. Say it. Say it. Oh, I'm going to unmute now and <laughs> go back to our regularly scheduled program. It's I saved Adriel having to edit out my words. It's, it's, <laughs> it's I can just imagine what you were saying. Yeah, no, no. It, it, it's a neat looking pistol. I, I like it, and I'm I'm hoping that we see more change to the 320 with different grip frames that that again reduce that that uh, muzzle height. But again, this is a neat little pistol. We, we can't have it here for most of us. There's a you know there's some people who can get it like that filthy guy. But yeah, whatever. Oh, Could you put a long barrel on it and call it a day? You gotta get the. You, it would it, it would it would be sticking out a long way, I think, because this is. Uh, hey, I mean, uh, Chris Babes used to have a Glock twenty six, with a, a restricted length barrel, so this would be the same thing. I suppose, but eh. yeah, that's ten, ten rounds in a gun that size is decent. That's so you know it's a double stack size frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, definitely most gun like something you would go put on your ankle. Yeah, something along those lines. Now, um, speaking of the the twenty six, last week we talked about the Glock nineteen X with the the seven the, the nineteen slide and the seventeen, 17 grip. Yeah, and I was listening to some podcasts where some guys were really excited about that because they're like, "Well, I'm going to put a red dot on this anyway, so I don't need a longer sight radius, and I either want to put a suppressor on the front or uh, a brake, so I'm much happier with a." smaller slide size slide but my hand is big enough that i prefer the full size grip so definitely some, a good idea for a suppressor gun yep yeah so i these guys are really excited about it so neat okay yeah cool uh and the ruger precision rifle is now coming in at m lock uh instead of key mod so you know what this reminds me of hmm. this is like B, bhs or vhs versus betamax which is gonna i mean we can't we don't need both so which is it gonna be mm-hmm. m lock all right. I would have thought it would have been key mod because it's like easier to do, but apparently, yeah, M-Lock is, uh, after some early forays, it looks like M-Lock's really gaining some ground. Well, I think, no, it's the, the U.S. military did some testing and they came out and said M-Lock is slightly better, so we're going M-Lock. So can we explain huh. to the listeners who may not know the difference between key mod and M-Lock, what those words mean and how they apply to firearms? They are methods of attaching accessories essentially to the forearm of any given rifle platform. Um, There's just two different attachment methods. It's really VHS and beta, and M-Lock is VHS. And key mod Kinda. is the racks beta. that you see at the grocery store that you hang stuff on. That's, that's the one, that how you make shelving? Yes, yeah, <laughs> kind of a key <laughs> slot thing. But anyway, no, they just found that the M-Lock was more durable and uh, more effective. So hmm. it's it's kind of the standard. 
Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't really matter to, to me personally, but just the way I use a rifle, I don't really hang stuff on. I don't have lights and lasers, so I don't yeah. – either either or, at least they're lighter than the old railed systems with four Pecatinny rails and, you know, big chunks of aluminum hanging yeah, off the side of your rifle. Rails. Yeah, those big yeah. fat grips. Yeah, we don't need those anymore. Yeah. Now we no. can have nice no. thin forends that, uh, that are modular, and we can add stuff on there if we want. Or yeah. not. And Hello. save weight. Yeah, or not. <laughs> or not. Yeah. Hello, I'm back, but uh, the power keeps flickering on and off, so I might even just, if I don't, yeah. Anyways, All hi. Right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> we'll see if, you see if we see you. Yeah, so okay. you're, in and you're in until you're not in. If we say Kelly five times and you don't answer, that's, that's, that's the Kelly ceasefire. <laughs> I thought that Basically. summons her. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, that's when you stand. Stay in the dark. Yeah, stay it to a mirror, yeah. <laughs> you don't Kelly, want that. Kelly, <laughs> Kelly. And then you say, stay classy, and she appears. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. No, apparently, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, we just had a big blip and just had another one a few seconds ago. <laughs> I don't know. So. Okay. It, it kills the connection. This kills the kitchen. Yep. It will do that, yes. All right. All right. So let's get into some new Canadian gun stuff. I'm going to grab uh, no, this. No, uh, no, no. There's another news item oh, there, Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Um, my gunsmith received a letter signed by the New Brunswick CFO saying he was no longer permitted to work on prohibs unless that prohib belonged to a public service agent. Don't quote me on that wording, but it implied peace officer sort of thing. So. Uh, he called for clarification, and the clarification was Prohib rifles. So he is no longer permitted to work on Prohib rifles. So if there are any gunsmiths out there, in particular outside of New Brunswick, could you write in and let us know if any other sections in Canada uh, are receiving uh, uh, these letters? So if you're a gunsmith or if you know of a gunsmith, who was told by their CFO you can no longer work on prohibited right prohibited rifles? I would like to hear from you. Um, thoughts on this, guys? Boo. <laughs> no, I agree. Boo. I don't. I don't have a prohibited rifle, so I have no. Yeah. I have no opinion. My gunsmith hasn't received anything, but. Well, you have no opinion, yeah. Adriel, because you don't have them. But I mean, we all have the like. It's a, it's, it's, it's a form of, uh, in a way, it's a gun grab. Like, if someone, you're someone, tell me who to yell at, and I'll yell yeah. at someone. Yell at, yell <laughs> who at, am at I everyone mad at right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always mad. Just direct me. Um, well, it's like you know. Uh, okay, I get it. Prohibited rifles aren't allowed to go to the range. Uh, I actually I don't get it, but all right, the law says prohibited rifles can't go to the range. But you know, you served in the military, you carried an FNFAL, you uh, retired from the military, and you acquired one legally, and you have it as a keepsake, and your basement flooded, and moisture caused it to rust, and now you want to get it restored so you can continue continue to hang it on your wall, and the New Brunswick CFO says no. Okay, well, let me send it to a, a SFRC to have their gunsmith redo it. Oh no, you can't! You can't do that either. You can't get an NATT for a, for a prohibited rifle. So now the prohibited rifle is, is roomed, and the New Brunswick CFO says you it's going to stay roomed. And this makes no sense. So well, 
the whole the whole idea of prohibited rifles being randomly prohibited, like the FNFAL, and the fact that I can take a prohibited pistol to a range, yeah. but I can't take a prohibited rifle in a range because it's all whacked, yeah. there's no ranges that are approved for a prohibited rifle. Yeah, that that what is a what's an FAL? Uh, eighteen inch barrel, sixteen yeah. inch barrel, and in three hundred eight. Yeah. yeah. Boy, that, there's no way that there's a berm created that can stop that round. Yeah, that, that's. Yeah, but my Steyr bolt action 50 BMG is fine. Yep. Yeah. It's it's all. Yeah, you're right, Trevor. It's just more gun grabby stuff. That's that's what they're after. So um, what I'd like to know is it specific to the New Brunswick CFO, or are other people uh, experiencing this as well? So please write in and tell us. Okay. Cool. Can I move on now? Are we done with the news? Do you see anything else? Do you see anything else? No, I Adriel, don't. you're yeah, the you... lead host. Yeah, lead... you don't ask. You just go. All Unless right. Skip over something I want to talk about. <laughs> I'm bad. Sorry. And then, and then Trevor politely says, excuse me, Mr. Lead Host. We've missed something. Excuse I'm pretty sure that's exactly so? how I phrased it. Thank it's you, Brian. Not, that's what I heard. I'm, yeah, sure. Alms for the poor. All right. Um... <laughs> Uh, the uh, Tactical Imports is going to bring in their second order of the Type 81. So the first order is all sold out. Now they're bringing in another order. Uh, if you want to get on that pre-order, they're a thousand bucks still, and they're at tacticalimports.com or .ca or something like that. Does this come with a guaranteed 18-month wait again, too? I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh, is that a bit of? Oh, I'm sorry. That was a bit of a cheap shot. I'm sorry. That's that's a little rude. Anyway, uh, they'll be there. Uh, Canada Ammo has, so normally I wouldn't put, uh, you know, ammo deals on here, but, uh, Canada Ammo has nine millimeter remanufactured stuff, 239 for per thousand. And I guess they're sold out. They were sold out. I saw this show up on Facebook yesterday and the third comment down was, why did you post something that sold out? Yeah. Well, so, and my comment here is why are we talking about something that's sold out? Well, I, I had the link in earlier in the week, so I update the show notes as as the week goes on, and I guess this well, sold out midweek. And and listeners can uh, can keep an eye out at Canada Ammo because this deal will probably come back. Bring it around to a logical conclusion, why don't you? Yep. Um, I'm I'm here to make you le- feel bad, Trevor. That's all. It's my I don't goal. Need your help. <laughs> Um, I'll take the next one. And then I think one of you guys wrote some more notes on the knife. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, Yeah, if if we need to take that, but, uh, Spectre Ballistics, they've got this, uh, magdump.ca website. They've got a three gun ammo value pack. (laughs) It kind of has like all the ammo you need for it. Like definitely for a three gun course, you'll be, uh, you'll be good to go with it. They've got, um, 240 rounds of nine millimeter uh, sorry, 250 rounds of nine millimeter, 240 rounds of, uh, five, five, six, 50 rounds of seven and a half target load, 50 rounds of number eight target load, and 25 slugs, all for 260? 260, yeah. Decent. Decent yeah. deal. Kind of an interesting way of just like packing up a bunch of stuff for three gun too, right? Yeah, exactly. Plus free shipping. 225 if you take steel case ammo. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to go for barn all for your nine mil and your five, uh, 223. Now, if you do go barn all, be careful... Um, it depends on your range and your range rules and whether or not you're shooting steel. We don't allow Barnell nine mil to be shot at our steel because Barnell is steel case mm. or steel core. Uh, it's steel it's jacket and by, steel core sometimes. I, I thought so Barnell nine millimeter, like commercial new ma- uh, manufacturer nine millimeter. 
out of Russia should be a bimetal jacket, so a steel jacket, but not a steel core. As oh, far as so I when know. people are sticking a magnet to it, it's the jacket, not the core? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. It's the, jacket. It, the case, too, right? So the case and jacket oh, are yeah, 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 magnetic. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they don't have a, mm. like a steel penetrator uh, in the, the bullet or anything like that. Interesting. But um, like, So the risk I, there yeah. is that it sparks more. Um, yeah. So an indoor range, you definitely don't want that kind of thing. Uh, outdoor, if, at least for the 9mm, it should be fine. Some guys don't like it on their targets for the, the rifle stuff, the two two three. I did some testing with it, and I found that just regular FMJ and bimetal um, both do about the same amount of damage on AR-500. It shouldn't it say on the package whether it's steel core or not? It's it is, it's burn all. You're gonna get sketchy. You're gonna get. No, you're gonna I mean, get it, it won't yeah. be it won't be steel core for the for the. It doesn't make sense to have a steel core pistol ammo. I don't uh, I don't know of. Well, yeah, they do it to re, they do it just for the same. Well, I don't know if this is why. At some point, okay, here let me start over. My understanding for steel core pistol ammo mm-hmm. is that the steel is less expensive than lead, and they use steel to make up the weight difference to reduce the cost of manufacture. I'm not under that impression. I know they use steel jacket because okay. steel's cheaper than, like, way cheaper than copper. Okay. Uh, so, that, so it makes sense to do a, a bimetal jacket and then just right. copper wash it because then you're using way less copper, and that's the expensive metal there. Huh. Lead is pretty cheap still in the long term. Okay, cool. Fairly fair enough. I could be told that's lunch. Yeah, I would say just get a hold of one, Trevor, pull the bullet and, and bisect it and see what's inside. Fair enough. Yep. Great yeah. idea. Yeah. I, I have a question. Why would they have seven and a half and eight shot? Is there a difference relative to three gun? I don't think there is, but I wouldn't uh, there, I wouldn't have thought. So, but okay. I guess you get your random. choice. <laughs> you get your choice oh, of which yeah, one you want to run. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was, yeah. I just I thought maybe there was something like just a three gun question. And you're the three gun guy, so yeah. Right, no, I cool. would like if someone handed me a box of number eights, I'd shoot them, and if someone handed me a box of seven and a halfs, I'd shoot them, and I would not be able to tell the difference on target. <laughs> yeah, I, I, agree. Shoot, I, I shoot number fours. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to make sure I knock the and knock down the lead or the steel. The steel. Yeah, number fours help with that, or yeah. just running the right choke uh, will help as well. Yeah, I run yep. full choke for everything in my three gun. Oh, full choke number four? You must be yep. murdering that steel. As I said, I want to make sure it goes down. Yeah. <laughs> but then that doesn't, like, if, if you ever had a, a stage where you're shooting steel and activated clay flippers, you're trying to hit clays with full choke number four. I mean, if you connect, you're going to, like, obliterate the clay. But if you don't connect, you're, you know, you're leaving a lot of space there. Yeah, we still don't have any of those. Any of the matches I've been to in mm. this region, we keep we keep every year. We say we got to get one, but nobody ever gets one. Yeah, you got to get one. Those are sweet. Anyways, I know. Uh, Brian, did you want to talk about the CBSA banning lots of knives? Yeah, I'm I'm confused by this. Uh, so CBSA came out with a a, a memorandum. So uh, that's the Canadian Borders uh, Services Agency and or Canadian Border S- Security Agency. Nope. Which is services, it? Services. services. Okay, I had it right there first. Okay, um, saying that uh, that basically uh, very common types of knives are considered prohibited weapons. So I'm confused how CBSA can determine what or what is not a weapon because in accordance the with the liberals criminal code. let them make up the law like they let the RCMP make up the law. Okay. So, and what what it says is that you can import these types of knives. Now, the description is knives that can be easily opened with a flick of the wrist, 
whether or not you have to slightly open them with a tab or thumb stud first. Yeah, they're using all kinds of fancy words like right. centrifuge. Yes, but but basically, most common lock oh. lid pocket knives nowadays have a stud so that you can open it with one hand, and with a, with most a of the time, yeah. you can once you get that blade moving slightly out of its rest position, you can then flick your wrist and that blade will come open. So they they have determined that that means the knife can be too easily used as a weapon. Okay. What if I just had a straight blade knife that I removed from a whole, uh, a sheath on my belt? I know, right? Like crazy. So considered. So what it is is actually, so, what this is is a customs notice because what had happened, if you read exactly what it is, there was somebody who was caught with one of these knives. It was either confiscated or he was charged, and he has appealed to mm-hmm. the president of the Canadian Border Service Agency. The tribunal issued a decision on it, and it's in accordance with the, the criminal code, and the criminal code is the one that they're quoting, and it's on the centrifuge, so anything like butterfly knives are illegal. They're prohibited in Canada, whereas if you're wearing just a straight knife and a sheath on your belt, you can cross the border with it. That's what well, it is. Well, up till now. Now, it says here, the tribunal said that uh, let's see, the does not uh, the tribunal said that section 84 of the criminal code does not provide that a knife only opens automatically by centrifugal force when no manipulation is required so what they're saying is it doesn't matter if you have to manipulate the knife a little bit or not if you can flick it open it's now basically the same as a switchblade and is considered a prohibited weapon so now these knives are everywhere i most of the people i know um, everyone would have before they sold it to Mike and Camor. But yeah, like this. So, so basically what this is saying, uh, according Here. to CBSA is nobody in Canada can be trusted with a knife that they don't have to use two hands to unfold. So go ahead. We're still allowed to have them. Uh, we're just not allowed to import anymore. Or CBS, CBS, CBSA is saying we're not allowed to have them, which CBSA doesn't have the authority to say no, that I'm not allowed to own the knife. So these people were crossing the border, I would assume. It's well, Canada's okay. criminal code that they're actually following. They're rendering a decision based on somebody who was appealing something. I'm assuming yeah. he was crossing the border and he was either charged criminally or he was... No, a, he was he was importing knives. He bought some oh, knives on eBay. Yeah, oh, okay. and they got confiscated. Okay. And, um, and, but I, the last time I bought a knife like this was actually at SFRC. Um, mm-hmm. I've bought another ones at my local Canadian Tire. Yeah, like, so does this mean that those I, major uh, Canadian retailers like Cabela's Canadian Tire are going to no longer be able to import these knives into Canada? I, I would say, but the, the bigger question is, if they're considered a prohibited weapon, period, full stop, prohibited weapon, then technically nobody should be able to possess them. Yep. Hmm. So it's a pretty slippery interpretation. Well, well, it's it's not interpret- really a, a slippery slope. It's an over the cliff. If if the law says, hey, if it opens with centrifugal force, and by the way, that just means that you swing the thing and it locks open, then uh, yeah, that that covers a lot of knives. Yep. You have to you have to daintily open them with pinky up, 
uh, on yep. your left-hand side and then well, very, sipping tea. Yeah, very, very carefully open them. That's how you open your uh, locking knife now. No more of this flicking it open, guys. That's Fine. too easy. You're going to turn into Honestly, criminals. Honestly, I... I have I hadn't flicked a knife open since I was a kid before this happened and um it, it just it hurts my wrist ago, my wrist hurts it's like why would I do that I just want to f- flick the blade open with my thumb and use it and put it away it's I'm, I'm not suddenly be- going to go knife people in the street what? because but no, you know the knife causes the crime not the person well uh, I've been doing it wrong all this time. Just mm-hmm. I, lately, I, I, I like my entire life. I've just been a moral person, yeah. and it turns out what I simply need to do is be careful about what inanimate objects are within my reach. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read an article that. recently that said that England traded their gun violent problem for a knife violence problem. Maybe it's a violence problem. No, mm-hmm. next they have to ban knives. Uh, fine. Just with li- <sighs> licensed knives, they have to license first, uh, yep. register them. And- and then well, the hammers actually, they literally do that in England though. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so I I don't know. Um bleh, I I my interpretation is that it and it's just my interpretation as a layman that these knives are now considered prohibited and I guess you're subject to confiscation and possible charges if you're caught by a law enforcement officer with one. Sketchy. Cool. Well, that'll be fun. What's next? 25 round, 1022 mags? Jeez, yeah. Imagine if that happened. All right. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Let's move on to the main topic. And welcome back to the show, Annika and Nolan from Matador Arms. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show, guys. So uh, when, did we, when did we last talk? Was it six months ago, eight months ago, something like that? Uh, March 23rd. Wow, that's <laughs> oddly specific, but uh, I'll have to take you at your word. March 23rd, it was, it, it'll be. Um, <laughs> and, plus uh, or minus. <laughs> plus or minus, you know, a day. Oh, it's been a long time. It's almost well, coming up on a that, year. Yeah, that was the last time I used Skype, so I just got to see that. <laughs> <laughs> that's our timeline, is uh, is when Skype was uh, was last opened. Um, you guys have been pretty busy recently here, eh? Yeah. I'd say. Yeah, yeah it's been... It's been quite busy, so we're we're always happy with that. Yeah, um, I've been seeing a couple of new products, but uh, maybe just for our listeners here, um, tell us about uh, kind of the direction you guys have gone over the last year, and uh, and and what's been uh, what's been a happy coincidence, and what kind of new products have you guys ha- had come up? Ah, well, where to start? <laughs> I think um, looking at last year. Yeah, it does seem like we've been busy actually recently because when we talk amongst ourselves, we're like, we need to get more new stuff out faster. But when you look at last year, we did release some new items, especially closer to the end of the year. And um, last year was very focused on our SKS accessories as we released the Sabretooth Mark II, which we talked about last time we were on. But um, we're starting to show people that we are diversifying. We are not only about the SKS and... We've done that, of course, with our muzzle brakes, the hammerhead brakes and the stinger. But something that was kind of fun and exciting for us is that we broke into a couple of 1022 accessories, both um, the aluminum mag rotor that allows you to attach the three factory mags together and the paddle style express mag release. So those were those were exciting products. They were fun to make, but what was really exciting about them is they're probably the first products that like took off right upon release of them. Like hmm. folks 
folks got really excited immediately. <laughs> now, do you do you attribute that to the fact that you're already an established manufacturer of accessories with having, you know, gone through the Sabretooth and Sabretooth Mark II and the muzzle brakes? And so everybody already knows Matador Arms' is quality, or do you think it was because of the popularity of the platform? Uh, I'd say a bit of both. I mean, we definitely have more, you know, more reach with uh, with dealers and stuff in terms of already being established. But, you know, a lot of people have 1022s. And well, this, yeah. yeah it, you're picking the right rifles. Yeah, uh, no doubt. And so that that seemed to be, you know, a good little fit. And with the with the express release too, the design, mm. you know, it's, there's yeah. there's nothing else out there like it. No, yeah. I mean it's it's one piece. It's aluminum. It's ambidextrous. Uh, drop in part, no gunsmithing, and it is the one mod that every ten twenty two should have. Yeah, it was uh, with. Actually, both those products, I, I used them this summer. I think even kind of before they were out at, at Steel Challenge, I shot that with Rimfire Rifle. And yeah, it's it's kind of, it's fun to be able to test that stuff. And and after you've used it, you're like, yeah, this this is a good way to do this, right? So it mm. uh, makes it a lot easier. So those, yeah, those two little products were, were pretty fun uh, for the 1022. I mean, uh, I think I've said this before, but, you know, with the way things are in Canada, I wish we didn't, well, I'm not sure if it's the best thing to say, but I wish we didn't have to make the mag rotor and we could just use 30 round magazines, but, uh, as things is right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a necessary product. So, yeah. Mm. And uh, you know, unlike the 30 rounder, the, uh, the mag rotor keeps them nice and tight to the gun. Right. So if you if you're running like a six inch bipod, I found the, those twenty five round Butler Creeks are just a little bit long. Uh, whereas there's really no issue whatsoever with uh, with running just three tens on the bottom using the the rotor. Yeah, exactly. And, and when you set the gun down, it makes a nice little stand as well. So, but I but how awesome that. would it be to have a mag rotor with thirty round mags? <laughs> so you have a nine. <laughs> really ninety cool. mag, ninety rounds. <laughs> yeah. uh, if only. Wish yeah. the King Brian. Yeah, uh, so those two products for us, kind of at the end of uh, last year, and then you know out with the uh, the Fury grip, um, which was kind of a a revision. We made our grip uh, better, more more comfortable. So uh, that being a new product, that's been really popular as well. So and that that's kind of a nice product because it it works on our chassis, but it works on I mean, there's so many things out there that use AR grips now. So um, that one's been been pretty popular too. Well, and it's great because, like, like the cage grip. I think there's I see quite a people out there in Canada looking for skeletonized aluminum grips, and from what I can tell, I don't think there's any other ones made in Canada thus far. Anyway, nice. So it was nice to be able to bring that to the market and. Especially for Nolan, who puts you know so much time and effort into all the design work, it's it's great for us when he really likes the product and wants to use <laughs> it as well. So. Yeah, that helps for sure. So, speaking of your ten twenty two products, um, you guys ran a little bit of a contest. You threw some parts out into the wild and asked some video 
Do you want to talk about that and maybe talk about how that went? And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of your listeners hopefully know that you folks participated, but we approached all of the say podcasters, YouTubers that we know of in Canada and said, "Hey, do you guys want to give this a shout? Give this a try and." see what kind of video you can come up with. There wasn't a lot of parameters that, you know, it didn't have to be fast, accurate. Just give us a video using the products, have some fun, and we'll see who does the best one. Now, who judged this exactly? Who? Oh, were, don't even you, bring that you judge up. It or, <laughs> you know oh, um, I think I've touched upon something here. Did you have no. like focus groups that were paid? Who? I mean, how scientific was the judging? So, to be fair, we judged it. <laughs> okay, so I don't think that's fair, but anyway, carry on. Um, and I think after that, we will never run another contest again, only, <laughs> only because I'm not good at choosing a winner. I feel bad for the people that I don't choose. So I think like that entire day, I was just sick to my stomach. I'm like, well, I hope so, you know, so-and-so is not going to be offended. And I hope these people know we really like their video, too. <laughs> So I think we won't have a lot of contests like that in the future. (laughs) Let's face it. Everybody who participated won because they got to keep the stuff. Am I right? Yes. Well, there you go. So stuff and they got some stuff for their listeners, but um, the guys at Canadian Patriot podcast, I mean, they're, um, they're, they're just these guys we know. (laughs) You might've heard of them before. No, Uh, never, never heard of. No. What no. do they do exactly? They have a they have a YouTube thing or a, a, is yeah. it a blog? Yeah, it's gotta some, be it. Some videos, Trevor, were pretty easy to exclude for the R rating, though. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and let's be honest. If anyone was expecting, uh, if we were expecting an R rated video from any group, it was them. But they <laughs> they they actually came out with pink guns. I think, if I remember correctly. Actually, everybody did videos that you know. We we were so impressed with and excited about, and they were fun to watch. Adriel, you went out shooting in what minus thirty with the mag rotor. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you know, I had a couple of failures with the ten twenty two, but I don't I don't fault it at all because it was cold. <laughs> Trevor, uh, speaking of a couple of failures, Trevor. <laughs> May- I think I think maybe if you do do it, there should be a stipulation that there shall be no rage quitting on the video. That's, yeah, we can't that's do that's important. Again, then. Yeah, we, well, we won't be able to do one if that's the. Yeah, I think that was just so honest because I was watching all three of Trevor's videos, and um, you know, a lot of people would have just started the sort of edited the videos together. Well, I mean, normally, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what very, you would do. Yeah, starting back <laughs> at the very beginning again. But that wouldn't be very furlough achieving. No. So yeah. Yeah. It's the level of dedication um, that I put into my stuff, right? It's got to be perfect, so I'll start the whole thing over. Now, listen, while while we're talking about furlough achieving, I was offered the opportunity to do a video for product, and I just said, I'm not doing a video, so don't send me product, because it'd just be a waste of your time. I was <laughs> So I furlough achieved myself right out of the contest, so... Well, I'm sure there. I'm sure there will be other opportunities in the future, Brian. You'll be back, but I'm not picking a contest winner. I don't have the stomach for it. There you go. <laughs> so, um, so the boys over at Canadian Patriot Podcast won. 
Yes. 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 Okay. They received them, um, so they received the prize uh, with that included a discount code to our store for them to give to their listeners. And who else? We gave um, we gave a prize as well to New Shooter Canada. Oh. Mike Mike Hisson did some did a really good video that was very informative about our products. So we like that. And they had set themselves up where if they didn't win the prize, they were going to give the 1022 accessories to their listeners. So we said, okay, your, your prize can be that you keep those and give you one set to give to your listeners. So What a bunch of bleeding hearts. I mean, I mean, what nice guys that are, dedicated to their listeners i'd like to think that i was being informative and plugging the benefits of the parts in between quitting (laughs) can i say well you know what that's the thing is there's there's a lot of people who will choose to watch a video just for entertainment trevor (laughs) uh, why would they pick trevor's video for that i don't understand Uh, yeah yeah Entertaining is one thing. Uh, trying to sell the product was was really what I was after, but in the end, it turned out to be more entertainment, I guess. <laughs> well, no, it was good all the way around. Yeah, that was really fun actually to get you know so many people involved, and and yeah, we'll we'll put together something else like that again. Yeah, cool. and it was all and was Nolan all was just happy that idea, Nolan so. was just thrilled that he didn't have to go out and be videoed. I can say that much. Well, yeah, it's always tough to. Uh, to make your own videos and stuff like that. Like as a company, you, you tend to overthink stuff where, um, you know, a lot of other people are just willing to, you know, just make a quick video and, and put it out there. So mm. that's, it, it was a, it was Annika's idea and it was a very good idea. Wow. I just like that they're more authentic. I think that in, you know, anything, social media, everything, like, of course, every company is going to put out their own pictures and their own raving reviews of the products, which we stand by, definitely. But it means so much more to see something coming from, you know, users and customers and whatnot. So we always try and get those one way or another. Yeah, it's actually quite a novel idea. I've never heard of anybody really doing that. Um, you get, like, it- Adriel gets stuff all the time, right? The somebody Adriel will say, "Hey, I do reviews. You want to send me your products? They'll check out his channel and they'll send him stuff." But um, you guys did it a little bit differently, and and I like that you were after that genuine, authentic. You know, you guys go out and just do your thing and tell the world what you think of it. That yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we knew it'd be great because we think they're great. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good for everybody. Hard to yeah. hard. Yeah, and it's hard to talk bad about the products because there's nothing bad to say about them. They really are two really good products. Oh, yeah. good. Well, thank you. That was the plan. Yeah, and I mean, they're they're you know some of the first things that people uh, will upgrade on a 1022, anyways, right? The uh, magazine release, yeah, it does make it a lot faster. And uh, yep. us being in Canada, we need something that'll hold more rounds because <laughs> yep. they're 22s and. They don't recoil, and it's fun to pull the trigger lots of times very quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or even for for like transporting all your mags, you know, like uh, if you have two of them, I mean, you've got you've got sixty rounds there, right? So um, makes it nice and handy to uh, if you're out whether you're shooting shooting steel or you're out uh, blasting away at gophers, it makes it a lot handier, right? Or if you're shooting a maple seed, 
It's yeah. awesome. I was just going to say that. That was another. Like, those were more great videos we got because we had Maple Seed involved in Rick Antonio did videos, and he of course went over and above as well. He did I think three separate videos. You know, he did the the unboxing of the packages and and the installation process, and then actually out shooting them. So just right. you know, marvelous effort, and we will continue to support Maple Seed in future events too because. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great program. So mm-hmm. what I was going to say is if anybody installs the Meg release, the extended Meg release on their 1022, and if they use the, the coupler as well, they should actually improve their times between transition and being able to get off of all their shots. So if they're competing against Trevor Furlot, then they should get a better score. Well, right? they won't because <laughs> I will be using my Magpul 1022 with my Express oh, Mag release, go. right? And it, now... Am I allowed to use a coupler in? Um... Sure. Really? Oh. Yeah. Well, that's way so, that's way better. So here's oh. what you do: you load one with two and one with exactly. eight, right? Exactly. So you load the two first, drop mm. it, and it actually drops clear and it drops freely, especially with the extended mag release on it. You're, it's everything is it's it's beautiful. You should be using it when you're running. When I you're love doing gaming. It. I love so, gaming. <laughs> That's one of the things that we did do. Like when we saw that it was coming out, we posted it heavily on our discussion board because it is, I have something that is like the extended mag release, but it's a plastic version that I got at a, off of Brownells, but I'd much rather have one of those. I actually had a chance to look at it when I met up with Rick recently and saw this stuff is actually really well manufactured. It is so much better than what I currently have on my, my 1022. So I'm going to get some, but yeah, if you are looking to do a maple seed and yeah, and you do have a 1022, I would suggest you actually, yeah, it's the first thing you should be doing anyways, but you really need to buy those. That's okay, it. Okay, but Trevor, you can only do that if you have all three magazines attached all the time so that during a maple seed round, you have one mag that's actually empty. Empty. So you have mm. the we have the option of inserting the empty mag in the gun on the mag change by mistake. But the way that just saying, but the way that the only way to be fair, the way that you fix that is actually you take (laughs) your magazines that you have. Mine are all numbered, so I would be loading it according to the number. It's easy to do. We'll we'll have to paint it or mark it up in some way to know which is which. Yep. We will we will refine our gaming techniques later. (laughs) Let's let's talk about let's talk to them about what we're supposed to be talking about, not how to game. (laughs) <laughs> Let's talk about the Matador Arms uh, store. Now, what is this? Is this a storefront that I can walk into, an online store? You said something about a discount code a while ago, so I'm assuming it's an online store. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was November. We started out, you know, people can now buy direct from us, from the manufacturer. So it's just online store. You go to our website. Everything's there. And... That was a little bit of a change of direction for us, but it we just decided that as much as we continue to support our dealers, um, which is why when a lot of folks go to our site, <laughs> there's products that are out of stock. It's because we're always, you know, we're always going to keep all of our dealers stocked up. But as we start to offer sort of like a larger product offering, which is coming, we can never expect every dealer to carry every product and we get a lot of inquiries from people who are you know i want the whole matador package where can i go to get that so it just started to make 
a lot of sense to us. Like, okay, we're going to sell direct as well. And we'll see how this goes. Yeah. As you have more products, it's, you know, dealers will typically, you know, pick what they sell the most of, you know, so not, uh, not everybody will carry, you know, uh, AR parts or anything like that. So they just want the 1022 stuff or, or various things. So for us, it kind of became apparent because, you know, people are contacting us and we're trying to put them in touch with the say dealer in like Ontario or something. I mean, not all the dealers, wherever they may be locally will, will stock everything. So you kind of do want to have everything at least in, in one place. And that, that place would make sense to be coming directly from us. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. And, and the, um, there, is there a promo code kicking around out there? Oh, there is from time to time. Ah. <laughs> there um, depends. Right now there is one, but it's through Gunpost, which is, I think he does like online classifieds. Right. So he has one, but we do do various promo codes. You just have to watch our social media and we always put it up on the website and we'll come up with ones in the future. Awesome. So I'm thinking like Slamador something yeah. maybe slamador one or one. or you know sfr <laughs> S- that could be simpler maybe that could work <laughs> I, i'm not really into marketing i don't know these things but i suppose sfr might work maybe yeah so yeah just let us know when that's active and that's yeah. for our listeners of course that's not for me who wants a uh, fury grip <laughs> asking yeah. for a friend you're looking at the fury grip that's great I am. I, uh, I, it'll be another Canadian component to add to my Maccabee Defense SLR. Can you awesome. guys, can you guys tell us yeah. about the Fury grip? So I've seen some pictures of it. It looks like a skeletonized grip. What's the weight of it? Um, five what? ounces. Is that light? Is that uh, light? It's really light for all aluminum grip. Yeah. Five, five ounces. So we had a, we had a previous grip, which was, we'll just say more heavily skeletonized, but what you find in a lot of the, skeletonized grip is you give up you give up look for comfort um you know so if they're basically if the grip's hollowed out then it kind of people start looking into well i need to wrap this in paracord or or whatever just just to have a little bit more comfort because obviously your fingers you know as they wrap around they have to go somewhere so we redesigned the grip uh both for good looks and for for comfort it also has uh a 70 degree grip angle. So it's a little bit more vertical, uh, mm. say than an A2 grip, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, I, I kind of like, um, but yeah, it's at, at five ounces. It's definitely, it's, it's not heavy. It's not adding any weight really to a build versus, uh, versus like a, you know, a polymer, like an ergo grip or something like that. Oh, so, it'd be, yeah. The ergo grips are big, thick, heavy, rubbery things. Yeah. Um, my Magpul grip that holds four or five rounds of ammo would weigh more with the ammo in the grip than this would. Yeah, for sure. And, and when, go ahead. So yeah, this one has, uh, you know, kind of better, better placement for the fingers, more vertical. Um, and then also less of a palm swell than our previous grip, which kind of suited more people's preference. So can I just address the elephant in the room? It's really cool. It's really cool looking too. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> I think a, a lot of uh, a lot of AR guys end up getting stuff that makes their rifle look cool and different than everything else out there. And uh, yeah. this grip looks very different than uh, a lot of the other stuff out there than just a standard black grip. Right. I, I'm dying to see this grip on one of those skeletonized um, uppers and lowers, those lightweight builds with the f- uh, carbon fiber weaved handguard, and then the uppers all skeletonized, the lower skeletonized, and then this thing. Mm-hmm. That would be really sick. Yeah. It's actually funny that you say that because when we, well, Ever since we announced it, the like most common word used by others to describe it is sexy. It's always like, you know, hashtag sexy. That's so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yep. So we'll go with it. Yeah. And yeah, I definitely probably also mentioned it um, is less expensive than our previous grip. So we were able to kind of refine some of the the machining and stuff like that to make it at a more more competitive price. So very cool. Uh, so what do you guys have planned for the uh, year upcoming here? Oh, well, I can tell you this. Not a lot of sleep is in our near future. <laughs> nice. But we do want some kind of Slamfire exclusive spoiler, right? Like, I mean, you are here now. So I know there's probably things that you don't want us to bug you about, but we're going <laughs> to. So you just go ahead and tell us what it is. It's fine. It's fine. It's, fine. it's just us. Just, just between us. us. Yeah. Just yeah. between us. Yeah. This is no, the problem. no one like, listens to us. You know that, right? So it's totally fine. This is the problem. If you just had me, I'd be like, well, all right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no more Nolan next time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely excluding. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've got probably three products that will be coming out here over the next two months, I would think. But nothing we can say much about. until. Uh, can you guys let us know which platforms you're working on? Well, I think probably a good answer to the question is, you know, we're uh, we're definitely looking to diversify, and it'll be primarily products for for the AR, AR family. So, um, just you know, those are that's it's America's rifle and kind of Canada's too, I guess. Um, so, probably looking at more stuff for the AR platform, and you know, there's. We've we've done a lot for the SKS and and we'll you know try and continue to refine a, a, a few of those things and if something that's a loaded story no but that's a loaded statement you have done a lot for the SKS <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know probably probably looking to do more on on AR AR platforms for this next year that's kind of what we have planned so we have um, we have some stuff prototyped and we're with one. We're working in collaboration with like, some other companies on a product. So that will hopefully come out in the near future. You'll hear about that. And, um, well, we'll say this. Our muzzle brakes so far have been very popular due to, you know, quality and good pricing. So I think there might be more of that to come. Awesome. Okay, while we're talking about muzzle brakes, because I, I caught something on your site. Uh, you know, as you know, I'm a user of the Stinger. And there's something interesting that I see that you're selling just the cores now. Yeah, that's correct. Because kind of, I mean, well, the thought is that that someone may, you know, most of us have multiple rifles and you may just want to put, uh, uh, you know, the thought is put a core on on this rifle and this rifle and then you can switch the, the, the blast shield between. 
Um, so you're not having to go out and buy, you know, a, another full setup, whereas you'll only be using the blast shield typically on one rifle at a time, right? So, Fair enough. Uh, and yeah. that was something that, you know, I think we were actually in the middle of packaging and it was like, well, you know, why, why don't we just try selling this separately? So actually the core on its own is only available right now in our own store and we'll just sort of like feel out reception and see how it goes before we offer it to others. But there's, I've had a few people already that like have stingers that are like, right on, this is great. So yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. That's a great idea. That totally did not come from my inability to count and making more of one product. (laughs) No, no, no. nobody Uh makes mistakes like that. Sure. Right. (laughs) Okay. Well, whatever, whatever the cause, the, uh, the consumers will benefit. So, that's that's yeah. cool. I'm, I'm glad you've done that. It's a neat oh. idea. Well, it's it's a good it's a good break as a standalone itself, and then you know you can you can change it around however however you want. So very interesting. Good stuff. I think probably the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to in 2018 is a uh, a trip to a warmer climate next week. So oh yes, <laughs> we're shot show bound. Well, guess what? You just solved the problem. We need oh. a guest. We need a guest post shot show to give us a review. So now you're it. You have to come back on at the earliest possible convenience after shot show to give us a recap. How would that be? Oh, sure. Well, we can do that. I've I have yet to go to shock show shot shot show and not be you know deathly ill afterwards. Oh, you oh, get no. the you get the shot show plague, do you? I do. So I have all the I have emergency. Out in our kitchen, right by the by the coffee yeah. maker, so that every morning I'm a kick for coffee. I got a drink emergency. I'm going to stay healthy this time. Take some take some cold effects before you get on the plane. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll take everything we can. But no, so we have a busy week um, ahead of us with Vegas coming up. Now it's always, you... a, it's always a love hate thing, you know. Yeah. Um, you get there and it's. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of meetings. It's a lot of really early mornings, and you know, you like late, to have some late fun, nights a lot of if you're very doing late it right. Nights. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, it's also so exciting to get to go, and it's really fun for us because it's actually where we meet a lot of our Canadian counterparts, like a lot of our dealers who, are, you know not right in Alberta, we don't get to meet them face to face. So we get to do that when we're in Las Vegas, we get to meet some folks, you know, that we work with from abroad as well as in the U S I mean, it's the only chance for us to meet some of our international dealers. So we look forward to that. And yeah. So right now we're at the exciting, we're at the excited stage or at least one of us is. (laughs) (laughs) Now, are you putting a booth in this year or are you just going to do make the contact thing? No, I mean most of our most of our stuff is just meeting up with with dealers. We do have a dealer in the U.S. that exhibits our stuff, our products there. Cool. Uh, so yeah. that works out quite nicely because then we don't actually have to have yeah uh, our own booth. Um, yeah, because I hear those booths are really inexpensive. <laughs> oh, they're super cheap. So. Yeah, yeah. It's like going to the weekend flea market. Really, it's no big deal. And, you know, you only need to know about a week in advance if you want one or not. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. The yeah. thing for me, though, too, is if you're if you're in a booth and you don't have you don't have time to to walk around and 
and look at stuff. No, you need a team. You need a team. You you can't be behind the booth. You have to have some of your people behind the booth, and you've got to be off doing other things like the meetings and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So, no, for us, thankfully, we don't have to have a booth there. But um, we're really lucky that our products are on display there. Yep. That's so, cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and and the warm weather. So. <laughs> yeah. The only time I've been to Vegas was this time of year, too, and it's a nice nice change of pace. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's 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 kind of easy to lose yourself because a lot of people hate SHOT Show and there's things that I don't really like about it. But at the end of the day, it's it's actually, you know, it's it's the place to see to see stuff, to see where other companies are going, um, you know, just just to meet people in the industry and and kind of look at stuff. Um, you know, that, that part of it's pretty amazing. So. Also, I think it's fair to say that um, for a company in your position, shot show is a necessary evil. Yeah, I'm. We come out of there every year, kind of leading up to it, or you know, kind of thinking, "Well, really, should we go and stuff like that?" Because it's usually always a fairly busy time of year for us. Um, but then once we go, I mean, yeah, it's it's it is. Definitely. It's always worthwhile, and I think some. I think Shot Show is one of those things where you can't um, measure the benefit all the time, but you don't want to risk not going because mm-hmm. you don't, you know, you don't know what you'll lose by not being there. So we're testing prototypes and working on new projects. So to try and get away during that time is that's the one reason we always question it. But no, we yeah. got it. We got to go. Like we're, you know. We've been around for two years, and as much as to us that feels like a lifetime right now, <laughs> to that we're still brand spanking new to everybody else, you know. So. Oh yeah. 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 Exactly. I. Yeah, and that that is kind of an important part to me is I like I do like to look at some stuff in terms of my personal interests rather than business. So it's always neat to be able to just kind of shift gears and say like, you know, oh here's a guy that's engraving you know, cold single actions. I'll, I'll talk to him for a few minutes. And it's a, not few, a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> it was not a few minutes, just to be clear. Just that stuff where you can kind of carve out some, some, you know, personal time to check out. Yeah. Either a master engraver, or a grenade launcher or whatever, you know, or, or a tank, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it really like the thing too is that Shot Show gives you that it gives you that feeling in the industry that like you know you're walking through the the massive foyer and you know uh, NSSF is interviewing you know uh, a senator or a, a presidential candidate or something it gives you like a sense of the size of the industry which for us in Canada sometimes is a little easy to to lose sight of but you know it's it's obviously big stuff so. It's also like it gives you just just to be there and be surrounded by like industry partners and whatnot. It it gives such a good feeling of camaraderie. And I don't know, it might it might shock you guys to think that to know that I like that feeling. <laughs> but like you know, on a day to day basis in all of our like working and personal lives here, we can only achieve that sense of camaraderie by you know chatting with you folks on the podcast, listening to everybody's podcast, being on the different social media groups. And that's great that we have those avenues, but 
it's it's just very refreshing when you're at SHOT Show and, you know, you're all part of the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's almost like uh, we should head to SHOT Show one year. You should. Slam Fire Radio. You guys could get the media passes. You could go. Yeah, not change. anymore. They oh. have tightened the screws big time. Not a couple of years ago, anybody with a YouTube channel with a hundred uh, followers could get a media pass. Um, no, not so much anymore. Somebody was there from YouTube or a podcast and started freaking out about, oh, you're ripping people off with these prices. You know, like people from the media were seeing prices and then accusing dealers of gouging customers. And so the dealer's like, what is this guy even doing here? And everything, everything has been locked down pretty hard since then. Well, there is, I mean, they kind of, and I'm, I don't know the exact numbers, but they kind of are at like capacity, you know, mm-hmm. like yep. it gets, it gets really, really tight in there and, yep. you know. Yeah. So I think they're, they're getting a lot more selective about who they actually consider media these days. And I know that most gun owners consume our form of media, the podcast, the blog, the YouTube channel, because that's where the honesty is. Gun gun magazines are in it for the dollar, and they'll write whatever they're told to write to keep their sponsorships. So you can't believe that stuff. Uh, so there's a role for this type of media at Shot Show, but Definitely. I think I think you're going to have to prove yourself worthy of going in the future. Yeah. Well, naturally, Slam Fire will get in. I mean, of course, right? <laughs> of course. You know, of course. Like I'd be like, don't you know who Brian Bolivar is? Wait, no. I, and thought, I, I thought you said that I'll they're looking be- for like high quality. We're not, right. we're not going ever. We're not going no. ever. I'll vouch for you guys. Well, not that that means much. <laughs> they, they definitely are putting pressure on people because a lot of, say, smaller to mid-sized companies, um, they go out there and do that. They'll, you know, there's there's really only, say, two or three people in the company who need to be at SHOT Show, but they'll go out and get four or five of their buddies' passes. That's what happens just walk through mm-hmm. there like it's a gun show or something like and you that. can mm-hmm. you can pick out those buddies yeah, in yeah. a split second and the reason why is because they're the ones who are like you know starry-eyed and mouth hanging open and they're like, table to table <laughs> collecting all the swag they can yeah, yeah. while yeah. everybody else is sort of like head down on a mission to the next working place. that's so, right yeah yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah. the happy people yeah yeah cool yeah if you're happy you don't belong <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I guess we're getting close to 30 minutes here. Uh, uh, Annika and uh, Nolan, thanks again for coming on. It's uh, it, it's surprising that it's been uh, a year, and uh, you get sounds like you guys have put out some really cool products, and uh, we're going to be excited to see what you put out this year. I uh, will make sure to put a link uh, to the, your store into the uh, links in the show notes. But do you have anything else to plug? Uh not at this time. Annika's looking at me like I should have thought of that, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't right now. This, um, oh my gosh, this is supposed to be the joy of like not being on video. We don't tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> it's funnier this way. Trust us. Yeah. It's, it's all good. Yeah. No, I think just um, we'll fill you guys in as soon as we have our new product announcements where it's really hard for us not to talk about them because we think they're going to be some big deal announcements. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll make sure you guys are on the list of the first to know, but just watch and listen for that. And yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah. I mean, alternatively uh, we could just be the first to know and we could be exclusively covering the announcement. 
pretty sure that's kind of in our contract with Matador. <laughs> anyway, I, I didn't want to correct her openly on the air like you did, but it's out there now, so that's that's fine. There you go. Uh, or we could just say we'd really appreciate the opportunity and we could not be knobs about it. I'm just, you know, that's that the is opposite. one way of doing it. Yes, Brian, yeah. but obviously you haven't been around long enough to know how it actually works here. So just, <laughs> just keep hanging back there, pal. We'll just follow our lead and we'll drag you down. <laughs> awesome. Well, Annika and Nolan, go. thank you very much for coming on the show. Well, thank you guys for having us. Yeah, thanks very much. All right, why don't we move into some listener feedback. Uh, Brian, did you want to take this one from Doug? Yes, because it seems like it's addressed to me. Dear crazy people <laughs> at Slamfire Radio, I qualify. Uh, my goal is for... Person. Thanks, Trevor. You're welcome. I was trying to spread, spread the blame out, but okay, if you want to focus it all on me... Totally uh, focused on you, buddy. Whatever. Whatever, dude. My goal is for... <laughs> Would you like me to talk, Matthew, or are you just going to keep interrupting me? <laughs> now, I'll be quiet. That was good. <laughs> my goals for 2018 are actually quite simple. I want my left shoulder to heal from the injury and, sur- and surgery so that I can hold up the business end of my rifles again. I've been restricted to the bench and sad- sandbags for over two years, and I need more challenges. I agree. That's horrible. Stuck it shooting lighter pepper. firearms. Well, you know what? I've had a shoulder injury. I can, I can, I can, I have some empathy for him. It's, it's horrible that he's in this position. You have some what for him? Empathy. Is that like a vitamin that's going to help the shoulder? (laughs) (laughs) No, not, it won't. My feeling bad for him will not help him at all. Oh, empathy. You yeah. got to put it on Facebook, Brian. You got to put your empathy on Facebook on your profile pic. Oh, yeah. Can I can count. I get an empathy filter for my Facebook picture? That would be. <laughs> I feel sorry for you. Poor Doug. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> I rather you know cash, but whatever. <laughs> okay. All right. So he continues. Maybe I'll even get to attend a Project Maple Seed event as more than a spectator and earn that coveted rifleman patch this year. Until then, I guess I'll just have to burn off a lot more pistol ammo. Keep up the great work with Slamfire, Doug R. That last part was to me specifically, too. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> we don't know if Doug's been re- listening to recent episodes. He could be talking about some older ones. No, he's been listening to recent ones. Oh. Yeah, he's talking we, to old, we asked, so It's like the last episode, so yeah. yeah. We asked people to you know send in some of their, their goals because we did goals right. last week. Yep. yep. So he did. True fact. Yeah. All right. If you would like uh, empathy and thoughts and prayers, send the show an email <laughs> at uh, slamfireradio at gmail.com. <laughs> or the opposite of which. I don't know. If you would like hate and sarcasm, <laughs> send email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Yeah, address those ones just to Trevor. Trevor. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you're left handed and needing and need help typing, <laughs> then just ask one of your right handed family members to type for you. Oh. Uh, all right, iTunes reviews. There are none. Uh, but if you'd like to, head on over to iTunes or Beanstream or <coughs> Google Podcasts or whatever kind of podcast app you use and leave us a review there. It'll help uh, people find us. Uh, Shout outs, Trevor. Yes, I have a couple here. Um, to uh, Tresca, new listener, after she left here that day when she set up her. Um, uh, scope on her rifle. She downloaded the show and started listening, and she said it was hilarious. It wasn't exactly our strongest episode. She thought it was hilarious, so that so that's a good thing. 
uh, that or she has really low standards of what she thinks is funny. Either way, it's a win for us. Also, thank you for the really cool pen. She uh, got me, um, I was her range uh, biatch at this past summer's three gun. I carried her uh, guns around, let her use my guns. And as uh, a thank you, she bought me a bottle of whiskey and a bolt action pen. You guys have seen these before? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, so, I haven't seen a bolt action pen. I think you're being sarcastic. But anyway, um, the the middle of the pen is made out of polished deer antler, and the mm, tip nice. looks like a copper jacketed bullet. And uh, then the clip is shaped like a bolt action rifle, and you activate the pen with a bolt. Yeah, I, I haven't. I totally want to see one of those. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. I've got two. I got another one here somewhere. I'll find it. Take, take a, a picture of it. And take send a picture, it and we'll add it to as the show featured image. Cool. And. It came in a rifle case, this little miniature rifle case. You open it up at the bolt action pen inside. It was ever neat. That's cool. And um, thanks to Paul Lombard. Uh, He did me a solid this week. I appreciate it. And thanks for Filthy for calling me out. And uh, last week we were talking about the pheasant hunt I went on. Mm -hmm. And I talked about how I was exhausted. My back hurt after walking only three kilometers. And Filthy's like, I I don't think that's right. Uh, I'm pretty sure even you even you who blows calf muscles can walk three kilometers. So I checked my step counter and maybe we'll make that the show image because the step counter said I, we walked over six kilometers. So it was double that before I was burnt out. I can't believe you have a step counter. <laughs> yeah, man. I got an app on my phone. Don't, need, and don't it need to says, worry about it wearing out. It says things that's true because it says things like Trevor yesterday, you were active for 10 minutes. Let's try and double that today. <laughs> Oh, my life's a joke. You All need right. the sarcastic patch for that. Trevor, this is pathetic. <laughs> is there one? <laughs> there should be. Yeah, there should oh. be. I keep seeing people with the humorous uh, weather app that says today yes. you're going to freeze your bits off or whatever. And uh, I think that must be only an iPhone thing. Mm, don't think so. Oh, I must look it up then for Android. Yeah, it's WTF forecasts. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, Kelly. <laughs> Jiro, what's about you? You got the shout outs? Uh, yeah, one to Scott. He sent me that VT uh, bullseye site and uh, just sent it to me to review. So thanks, Scott. Kelly? Nothing. No Ryan? one. Okay, I'm going to shout out my wife. Um, last week, um, I ducked out of the after show discussion early so that I could go pick up my kid. Turns out my wife had already left because my kid needed to get picked up earlier than I thought. And she had dinner waiting for me in the oven, which was Whoa. awesome. I, I felt so much love. And then this morning at breakfast, we were talking about what we were going to have for dinner tonight, which was leftovers. And I told her, oh, I ate those for lunch the other day. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oops, sorry, honey. I didn't mean to screw up the uh, menu for the week. My bad. Now, is she going to listen? Oh, heck no. Mm. What's the point of shutting her out? She's not going to hear it. It makes me feel good for telling the world that I have an awesome spouse, and um, she probably deserves she deserves better. And it makes the three of us look bad for not showing out our partners. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, honestly, did did Christine (laughs) off the show last week, Trev? I'm sorry, I was laughing at what Kelly said, which was way funnier than anything you said had, all night. Did you? Did your wife have dinner waiting for you at, at the end of the last show? No, but she bought me pizza tonight, and brought me and 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 didn't wait for the show to be done to for me to find out my 870 furniture was here. She took the trouble of interrupting me to give it to me right during the interview. So mm-hmm. priorities. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Cool. I'm not sure where we go from here. We go on we well, go on we go on to Patreon <laughs> and uh, there are no new Patreoni, and we need to do an episode with one of we these do. fine people that uh, are on this list here. Uh, so we should reach out to some of them. Yes, and we should try that. to do that at yeah. next week. Yes, let's do that next week. All right. Finally, uh, join one or more of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR, the CSSA. It's important to support those guys. Um, get out there and shoot some guns. Try out a 1022 with a mag rotor and the flipper thing that makes the magazines go out real fast. Those are neat. Uh, check us out on the Gun Owners of Canada. We've got a thread over there where you can talk about our episodes. Like us on Facebook, we're at 1,823 likes. And, uh, you know, keep on listening to our podcast and stuff. That would be good, yeah, if they did that. <laughs> that was kind of pathetic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going for. <laughs> I like it. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.